Jerry, and I am stoked to talk about this. If you can't already notice, there's a big logo to my left and uh, right there. I'm looking right at it. Um, I don't know if my eyes are matching, but it looks like it is. Um, we are part of the Beyond the Blast Doors Network. Yes, I'm sure you've heard of us. That's why you're here. We are associated with six, five other really great podcasts, including... Around the Galaxy with Pete Fletcher. We got Postcards from Galaxy's Edge with Shannon Morin. The Holocronicles Chronicles with Josh and Andy. We have got Beyond the Blast Wars Live with David Amaletti. And then we got Streaming Star Wars with Pete and Dave. They kind of do their own thing. And then on Saturdays, <laughs> ears truly. Bombadio de Castillo. And we also got this thing called a website. They're new. It's um, the year is 1997. We're just figuring out the World Wide Web. And we've got this thing called BeyondTheBlastDoors.com where I, Jerry, other people contribute to. We've got articles. We've got fun little blurbs about certain things. And you can come check us out. And we also have this thing called a Patreon. Yes, that's where you give us our money, our deserved money. So do what you're doing. Do Stop what you're doing right now, this very moment. And go sign up for a, a Patreon through us, and we get money from you because we deserve your money. And um, yeah, Jerry, Jerry needs, Jerry loves money, and I do too, and we need it. And um, yeah, so make sure you follow us on Twitter as well if you're going to do all that. I think we'll be good. We can actually start our show. And on today's show, I've got a really good friend of mine named Jerry Cable right here. And I also have another good friend hey. coming up in just a moment. Jerry, how you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. I'm I'm hanging out here. You know, uh, I, I'm. If, if there's one thing that I want to do on a Sunday evening, excuse me, Saturday on a Saturday, um, pre-recording, ruin the magic. Um, it, it is talk about. Star Wars, right? What? Okay. It's if it's any day of the week, man. What day of the week am I? Do I have a pulse? I want to talk about Star Wars, but why don't you know? You, you have a you you have coming on the show tonight a good friend of yes. yours, a good friend of yes. Eric, um, yes. a soon to be good friend of mine, and also yes. a guy who's uh, got excellent taste in t-shirts. So why don't you go ahead and, and give a, a, a wonderful introduction? All right, so on this week's show, we have a very well-studied friend of mine, and actually a friend of Eric's growing up. One would even call Eric's, um, uh, we would call Troy Eric's best friend, but Eric does not like to use the term best friend. We've all had this conversation with the strange man himself, but Eric Ottoman's really good closest friend from bygone days of youth, uh, Troy Henderson, is on the show, and Troy is a huge Star Wars fan, and he actually pitched the idea for this episode. So, 
We're going to give a good Bombad cast welcome to the new one and only Troy Henderson. How are we doing, Troy? Dude, I'm doing very well. I'm really happy to be on the show. What's up, Bombad fam? It, it's great go. to be it's great to become part of the Bombad canon. It's, yes. It makes me so happy. And and Share yes. Bear, I I gotta say that your your shirt your shirt game is on point. It is, you know, and we didn't want to look too similar, so we picked no, different no, no. colors. Yeah, different colors. This this was totally orchestrated ahead of time. Yes. Completely. We did it on purpose. Yeah. 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 Completely preconceived. They yes. they talked more about this than the podcast, and it yeah, was weird. You know, uh, I, in true uh, Canon Junkie form, um, I haven't done any preparation for the topic tonight. Uh, I just thought about, I just thought about the R2-D2 shirts, right? And stuff. Scott, <laughs> that you, was look, it. You, you look like I you mean, want some, some Wheaties there, buddy. Oh, I have on me right now. I, I didn't tell you about this yet, Troy. Katie found this today at a secondhand store in Louisiana called Dirt Cheap. She found a, familiar. Yeah. a Keebler Okay, if y'all can like see it, Keebler a, elves. No yes, way. Yes, a jean jacket. Wait, let me get it full screen for y'all. Real so quick. you you wear the exact same size as the guys who make the cookies in a tree? Yep, I. <laughs> yes, I am a short dwarf. But this is where it gets very peculiar. Okay, it's not just a Keebler uh, jean jacket. It is from a tour back in the nineties. Okay, I don't know if y'all can see it. It's literally. The unbeatable Weedables country tour of 1994. I have no idea who headlined that. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, you won't even believe this. Is there a tag? Is the tag still on it? The tag still on it. No. It's comedic. Goal. Hey, that's who, how. That's how you know. That's how you know. Who that, headlined you know, it? You asked, fancy, right? You're, you're gonna. This is gonna shock you. Who headlined? If you guys it? are listening to audio only. Y'all are missing out. On some yes, oh, yeah. we're yes, thank you. We are a YouTube show now, so yes. there are visual yeah. gags. Okay, Come the headliner of this tour was a native to Louisiana, our very own Tim McGraw. I kid Yeehaw. you not, headl- headlined this tour in '94 <laughs> with two other. I think one very obscure band, but I forget uh, the other one as well. It's just so bizarre that this even exists, and now I am the owner of it. I bet. I bet this was Tim McGraw's. I bet this belonged to him. That looks very Tim McGraw. <laughs> he he dropped it off at dirt cheap before he left. Like I don't need this anymore. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. But um. Yeah, so with like Jerry said earlier, no preparation for this episode on Jerry's part, but Troy prepared a lot, okay? I've prepared my entire life for this episode. Yeah. This is <laughs> he is Perfect. this is his what do they call it? Whatever the um, the Jedi have to go through their training, they call it the Jedi. The trials. Um, the Jedi. Trials. Yes, this is the trials for Troy. Come on, um, Star Wars podcast host. But before I am before ready we start uh, here we go. Before we start, I have to uh, ask a question like we asked all of our guests, Jerry, or we should ask all of our guests, their best, favorite, and most fun. So, Ooh. Troy, Ooh. Troy, mm-hmm. we've always given ours, but this time we're going to take a seat and you're going to tell us your best, favorite, most fun. And yes, they're in a particular order. You got to make sure you give us the best one first. Then your favorite, okay. then the most fun. Are you ready, Troy? Otherwise, you just know better than me and Scotty, and you want to be better than us. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I think. <laughs> All right, Troy, what's going on? I think the best is uh, unequivocally, unequivocally uh, this guy right here, Empire Strikes Back. I think um, 
Ah, uh, you know that Star Wars, like the original Star Wars or A New Hope, depending on like how old you are and how grumpy you are about the title A New Hope, is certainly like that's the original. It kicks everything off, but I think sure. Empire. And everything that like is you get Luke and Yoda training, everything that is Han and Leia's romance, and C-3PO walking around. Come on, Goldenrod, you're going to be a permanent resident. Everything about Empire, I think, is where Star Wars truly came into his own. Um, so I think that that one's the best uh, in terms of story, in terms of all of it. Um, is it a cop-out to say that my, my favorite is Empire if I've said that it's the best? so we have no rules yeah but i do i think it's i think empire is my favorite just because i love yoda so very much and that really is uh a significant part of you know his character is training luke but i i've got such a special place in my heart for uh return of the jedi um that it that it uh if i had to pick something different then it is unquestionably return of the jedi Can't hear you, Scott. Uh, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> my mic was muted. Um, so <laughs> my, <laughs> sorry about that. Return of the Jedi Troy is also my favorite, and I was watching it last night and a little bit, a uh, little bit this morning and today. The fact that like, I don't know, you get a whole Mandalorian episode before the before the movie starts. Like the whole Java sequence is just like a Mandalorian episode in terms of like. Pacing really and weirdness, like they've really they, that that I think is just one of my favorite parts. Is you get a mini short before you get to the indoor, and then you get the and I, uh, huge ending. And I love, I love the Ewoks, not yes. because, not because like I think they're adorable or anything, but like the silliness and the absurd. Like people are like, how did Ewoks, you know, beat? The 501st, the best, you know, an entire legion of my finest troops, you know, dude, it's ridiculous. And it's, and it's, that's what Star Wars is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. It's the will of the force and, you know, things that are alive triumphing over space Nazis. And that's what it is. Yes. And just let it be that. Yeah. Hundred percent. Amen. I, I, Amen. It's got such a positive feel to it. It's a very optimistic movie. There's there's some sad parts as there should be, but like it's it's definitely the one that's most George Lucasy. Like like it's oh, super yeah. George, just in terms of like like little stuff, like when the Ewok dies or when Malakili's crying over the dead Rancor. Like that's so weird and so George, but it, it just works, you know. He does he does good. love uh, people mourning over dead people. That's <laughs> Really, yes. what he George loves. So, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, it is fair. Now, yeah. Troy, the last one's important because I think us being a child of the prequels, we were we were little children of the pre- prequels. That's weird, little kids in the prequel era. Um, we, I feel like, I feel like your most fun is going to be something from there. I don't even know. I've never asked you this question. So, um, Troy, I think, I think I think you know me well enough, and you you are right in that regard. And I think it's going to make uh, you guys happy because it it's in terms of most fun. <laughs> it's got like all of them are fun, and there's so yeah. many like what y'all talked about with uh, Ken Knapsack and the DNA of Star Wars and all that. Like everything mm. y'all listed, I was just like, ah, oh, that's so great. Ah, oh, that's so great. Oh, that one. Oh, that one. Oh, that one. You just you could have you could have done that for like a week. Just talk about all the little You're things wrong. and make it fun. With that dude, um, we do it every week, right? No, but <laughs> but uh, it, most fun has got to be Phantom Menace, man. 
um yep. like I the pod racing like it's so very ben hur and like but like way more exciting and you know yeah and then you know george R. I got the- <laughs> jumping into the pond and then you get the you get the you know which is very star wars to cut from space battle to lightsaber battle to yes. like people shooting a rabbit you get four you get mm-hmm. the gungan battle you get yep. the feed battle you get you know i'll try spinning that's a cool trick and then you get all of that oh. which is yes right and then kylo spins in the last jedi and it's fantastic <laughs> yes <laughs> so good. Um, uh, you know it, it all rhymes it does it's poetry it's i agree troy it's got something to it that and even the marketing was fun like as a kid i remember vividly remember like taco bell stuff and the pepsi stuff like it was yeah. all fun troy's looking for something what is it troy what you got what you got, what uh, you got? I got- well, this was actually Revenge of the Sith. Was my little uh, Darth Maul and Obi Wan watches? From oh, Hurricane. you remember nice. those? The watches, yeah. yeah. Yep. Actually, just brought a bunch of those from my house in Arkansas. Like, I have them yeah. in a suitcase. And then, uh, and then I still got a uh, still got this guy, Qui Gon's lightsaber. Nice. You talking about yes. the, the Phantom Menace? Um, you know, I was uh, I was telling you this earlier, Scotty. Like, I my sixth, fifth, whatever, whatever it was. It was the birthday that was in time for it to be coming out on VHS. Uh, yeah, so it was after it had been released in the- theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, was uh, Phantom Menace themed, and I got like yeah. all sorts of Phantom. I've still had this is the only one that survived the flood out of all of those toys yeah. that I got for that birthday party. But I had uh, I had like a Jedi costume, and there was a thing that you could oh, loop behind nice. your ear, and it had a braid. Oh, I had no a, way. A the Halloween braid. costumes that year, they yes, sold just yes. like Jedi braids. I had one oh. of them. You just clipped it and in so, your hair. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so oh, it's so it was, 90s. So 90s. I, yeah, and so part of it is definitely like I was a child when that came out and just like, you sure. know, there, nothing is ever more fun than when you're just a kid and you have no reserves. You're not old yeah. enough to be like, you know, a middle schooler and wonder like, mm-hmm. oh, is Star Wars cool anymore? Like, can I only talk about baseball or, you know, things like that? Um, and, and, you know, I was, I was the kid that was like, can I talk about both? Um, <laughs> but, um, it. it's, it's just, yeah, it's, awesome. you're so, it's so pure. And so part of it definitely is that, but I think it holds up. Um, it does. Oh, it's funny because that's the one that everyone's like, that's the worst star Wars, but I'd actually like it significantly more than attack of the clones. I think attack yeah. of the clones gets, you know, and I love, I, you know, I, you, you and I have talked about this play. I absolutely in a prequelist, prequel defender, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But I do think Attack of the Clones gets bogged down by the dialogue, which is George's mm. pitfall in the pre- prequels. The love dialogue yep. is, is terrible, even though that one is so much fun, too. Um, but Phantom Menace, even now, like all that's holding its back is Jar Jar, and I am not affronted by Jar Jar still to yeah. this day. Yeah, you that's know. awesome. There's and no I'm reason to be. Internet, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Come at us. Come <laughs> at us. Hold on one sec. I get... You could find me on my non-existent Twitter. Can you okay. hold on? I got. I got a call here. Can you can you um, analyze this blood sample for me, please? I'm gonna put it in the bottom of the phone now. It doesn't even have batteries in it. But you guys are talking about Phantom Menace, and I brought my Comtech uh, chip reader from home. So. <laughs> Do you still have the chips what? for them? What's that? Actually, there's a oh, razor sorry. inside of this. There's a razor yeah, inside. There is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It would be funny if they actually is like it reads those little microchips and it yeah. also holds your dad's razor. So, 
not now, Obi Wan. Not now. Not now. I gotta go. <laughs> see, yeah, see, no. I, Scotty and I are old enough to where it wasn't your I dad's you razor. It was it was your razor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. No, um. Yeah, well, now that you've heard Troy and where he stands in all the movies, um, it's best known that Troy is the one that develops this this idea, this concept for today's episode, and it's called the philosophy of the Force, right? And right, yeah. with all that being said about it, we've got a lot of things that come to mind as a listener and as a podcaster. Like I thought of like so many different things as to what this could really ultimately mean, and I think – for anyone that loves Bombad Cast or is a regular listener, we might continue this as a series, and Troy's episode will be the first to kick it all off because I think this idea is genius. I think it could be used with several different people. I mean, you've got all kinds of people that have been on Bombad Cast, and each person has a very, very different opinion on the Force. But, like, I thought about it earlier. If we had Ken Napsok back on to talk about this, it would be great because he has a very, you, you know, Ken is very philosophical when it comes to Star Wars and like his approach is so deep. But then imagine if we had someone like Alex Damon on to talk about this, who's like very analytical and very studied. So I, I don't know. I think he would just, he would just spend the entire hour talking about Biggs's stash. That's yes, all he would do. How it's force sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. No, Biggs, uh, <laughs> Biggs is still alive. He's a force ghost. He's a force He's a force, ghost. Yeah. And hey, we can bring that up today. But Troy, essentially, when you developed this concept, what was what was your ultimate, I guess, goal by the end of this? Like, what do you want to achieve with this conversation, essentially, Troy? Um, well, you know, first off is, you know, the force is why Star Wars matters. I mean, there's so many, like we just talked about Yell's DNA, Star, like the fun moments, the humor, the action, the fantasy, the romance, like all of it that is yeah. what makes Star Wars uh, significant uh, to us as people and why we watch it. Uh, that's all there, but I don't mm-hmm. think that any of that works nearly as well without the Force. This idea that Star Wars yep. is ultimately about you know what we value um, and the way that we view the world and how we are making our way through the world and what guides that and is there something else that is sort of guiding us out there and you know and how do we follow that thing? Do we follow it? Do we and do we use that for good or for evil and all those things? Um, so I'd love to just, you know, sort of explore that. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit uh religious influences um, that uh, were very prevalent uh, are, and are very clear that George had. Um, not that he sub- necessarily subscribed to like the Eastern mysticism and stuff that I'll talk about, but like that is very clearly there in uh, yeah. the Force and in the Jedi and then the Sith. Talk a little bit about the difference between uh, the Jedi and the Sith. You know, maybe we'll even get into, you know, most Jedi to ever Jedi. I know that's a thing for yeah. you guys. Hey, yeah. always. Uh, you know, I might, uh, I might have some thoughts on that um, based on, you know, what is the Force? Who, what does it mean yeah. to follow the Force, you know, and mm. things of that nature. So I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, man. There we go. That's the thing mm. about about... You, you made it very clear that this is what makes Star Wars unique, you know? And, I mean, I love the Marvel films. I love Lord of the Rings. Any big franchise, if I've seen at least two of the movies in them, I love them. Because it's a hard thing to achieve in world building and in storytelling in any sense of the way. But Star Wars, immediately from the first in movie with A New Hope, the introduction of the forces was so cool and mysterious with Vader, you know, choking out, oh boy, and how, how uh, you get you know, Obi-Wan describing the force and what it means and like something about the force. It's such a huge vernacular in, and pop culture. 
And like, literally I was joking with my principal and she is probably the most disconnected from star Wars. She's maybe seen one of them, just how she was. <laughs> and literally I was telling her about the podcast or something silly. And as I left the office, she's like, well, may the force be with you. And like, and how awesome spirit. is, yeah. And, and then I joke, <laughs> do I say, and with your sp- spirit back to you? And she's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. I think it's weird to think that this concept of the force has been around for a long time and, and it's, and it's cool to interpret what it means. And that's what I'm most excited about this episode for is because I've never really talked about this at a deeper level. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the nature of the force is something that's gonna be really fun to explore with each one of you. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's gonna be great. It's such an important part of, of culture, you know? No, it's funny. It's funny that you mention, uh, you know, your principal. Like, I have a folklore, you know, uh, I'm a teacher as well. Um, same Scott, yeah. same diocese as Scotty, different school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a whole unit on folklore and mythology for my students. And we definitely talk about Star Wars and the Avengers as a sort of modern iteration of, like, these same sort of themes and values. You have to. And we get into the sort of mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell, uh, you know, here with a thousand faces and Luke and all that. We get into that a little bit. And, uh you know, it's like, like I said, it's, you know, this is what makes Star Wars matter. This is the heart of it all. Yeah. And, yeah, and Troy, this is gonna be funny because I, I, I can't wait to get, talk to you about this in, in, in a little bit, but I'm approaching it from a science perspective too. I just finished reading uh, Plagueis and Plagueis. I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to give that many spoilers away, but it's all about the science aspect of the force. And it had, it kind of changed the way I saw midi-chlorians in terms of like James Lucina who wrote it, like, I don't even know if he talked with George about it, but my God, if it's not one of the greatest what? explanations wrote, of, oh, he, he wrote the original play. No, he wrote the original Plagueis, the non-canon one. Way that's back. the one I'm talking about. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, oh. that's the one I listened to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They haven't had a re-release officially of it, but I don't know if if yeah, I know it's legends, but I'll get into that later. How it's so mm-hmm. important, but I guess I don't know, Troy. I don't know if you want to kick it off or Jerry. You want to kick it off, but. I think the thing we want to kind of bring up first is the nature of the force. What is it? What does that phrase mean? What is, what is our philosophy on the force essentially is what I want to get at. Um, Troy, do you want to start this whole thing? What is your philosophy on the force? Um, so, you know, you got to go to the source material, right? You got to go to the films and, you know, uh, you know, what is the force? You know, it, it, you know, it surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the universe together. And, you know, so it's, it's this idea that, uh, you know, it is, it's an energy field created by all living beings. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a really significant ideal that it's, this sort of, you know, everything in the universe. And, you know, you can look at, uh, you know, various religions and then even philosophies like panpsychism and things like that. This idea that imbued in the nature of, you know, matter itself, there is energy and that energy, you know, whether you want to interpret it, you know, science, purely scientifically and talk about, you know, the natural forces and all of the Mm -hmm. things like that. Or if you want to talk about it from a far more spiritual perspective and talk about, you know, how the fact that we're all, you know, we all have far more in common than we do differently. And we're all connected and have things far more uh, alike than that. Um, And whether or not there is a sort of like non-physical, uh, substance to that connection or anything, you know, it's your luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. <laughs> it's a pretty good Yoda, Troy. That's that awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. When 900 years old you are, speak as well, you will do. 
<laughs> yeah, I I love everything you say, and especially the part where where it can be approached both from a science and a philosophical or a spiritual perspective. But um, Jerry, what what is your philosophy in the force? As someone who's a, a little bit older than Troy and I, how do you how as the force any different for you than it is? I guess for me in that term, because age does bring wisdom, and obviously very very. Very uh, relevant handsomeness with Jerry. Ah, well, uh, kid, I've flown from one end of this galaxy to the other, and I ain't never seen nothing that ever make me believe in any kind of mystical energy field controlling my destiny. That's not the exact quote, but uh, no, um, well, pretty close. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was channeling. I could feel, uh, I could feel Harrison just like. Take over my being for a second. Um, that sounds spectacular, actually. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, chills, full body chills. Um, we and then I felt like I crashed a plane. I don't know. It was weird. Um, I try and knock on wood. Be, be safe, Harrison. Um, I don't. When I think about the force, you know, like I tend to. You really do tend to go to your belief system and kind of. That's again. It's how George. You know, uh, he he designed it that way, right? For it to kind oh, of absolutely. pattern itself after most um, systems of morality, most religious systems, uh, with a religious with a, a morality code or whatever. You know, like with morals, you're supposed to get good stuff from it because you know ultimately most of religions will tell you don't kill don't be a jerk <clears throat> don't be a jerk man i don't know what that i don't know my voice just started doing that i don't know what that is oh, no, was, um, i think it's called puberty i think it was oh. pretty pure though the don't be a jerk like it don't came be a jerk. It, it came from like the repressed memories of all <laughs> star wars nerds. it sounds like that dude from uh the the teenagers from uh um monsters inc he's like yes mr sullivan like, dude, you're making him lose his focus. Um, anyway, uh, but no, you know, you go back to your uh, belief system. And I, again, I went to school uh, for biblical studies and stuff. You know, we're all of right on, Christian man. faith and stuff and all that kind of stuff. Um, I said stuff twice. Uh, but anyway, so I tend to, I look at the, the way I look at the force is it, it the way I look at my faith is both spiritual, but also scientific. Cause to me, I've always been, you know, people have always kind of been like, Oh, science and, and religion are constantly doing this and stuff. But really it's, it's no, it's all it, to me. It, it, it all, again, there are people on both sides mm-hmm. uh, that definitely push their narratives and stuff, especially in, in our, in our faith camp. Um, and don't even, don't even get me started on the flat earthers. Uh, no offense. If you're still listening to this, then, um, uh, hello, your subscribers just hello over there. What if they just left and like, I guess it would be like, (laughs) because, because they were all flat earthers. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Good riddance guys. If you're still listening, God bless your heart. And, uh, you know, have uh, just, uh, I love you to the big, sun and moon mobile in the sky and back. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, and the big, the big dome that we're in, whatever. Um, derailing. Um, but anyway, you look at people got upset, right? You get talking about, I, you're talking about how I'm a little older than you. I was just 12 when Phantom Menace came out. So again, that Phantom Menace, George Lucas, sweet spot. 
right? You know, it's like yeah. I made this for 12 year olds. Love that. Love that. I mean, George told me he loved me from the back of a, a, a Wendy's, a vi- like a cell phone video from the back of a Wendy's in the Phantom Menace panel. So I don't know if he did that to you guys, but he did. Um, yeah. Uh, I love you if you're here. I love you. Um, but you, you got to think like people were upset. And again, I was a kid too when it came out, you know, and, and I mean, I grew up, I was, I graduated high school when Revenge of the Sith came out, but, uh, I remember like after high school, people getting really upset about midichlorians and midichlorians are like a joke now and everything like all those like things that like people bring up. If you like talk about if you talk about like the prequels and stuff to uh, anyone who is like vaguely like ed- they think they're edgy, the edge lords and whoever, you know, like I- I'm a Star Wars fan and stuff, yeah. but, you know, uh Phantom Menace, oh, the Jar Jar Binks sucks, and uh, the midichlorians, uh, get that out of my Star Wars, and this. And if you, if you feel that way, it's fine. But it's never bothered me because I've always seen the, the – and maybe it's growing up in church and stuff and kind of learning about things and, and learning about stuff in school and, and having this mindset that none of this, like, contradicts the other thing. It's just mm. – science just – talks about process right it's it's we're, yeah. we're learning we want to learn how things work yeah and stuff and i mean the why too but you know for me that's always worked with my faith in that respect and all that and sure. i don't mean to turn this to a religion podcast but we're talking but about philosophy right it's, it's yeah. gonna get there and i yeah. and there will be a defense of many chlorians as well uh, right yeah yeah i have a as powerpoint I have a powerpoint. <laughs> right. But I've always seen it though as like that. And it gets like Luke talked about in TLJ, man. And TLJ is my, still my favorite, man. I just, uh, and honestly, I had it playing for a second, a minute I ago. Love when you I talked firmly, about, when you talked about it. Kylo spinning, it was like 40 seconds until he actually did it and stuff. So I turned it off cause I was distracted. Um, <laughs> cause that was like too perfect, but, uh, it, it's, May have been the will of the force. Oh, 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 fancy. No, you know, this, this whole, like my, anyway, so my whole philosophy on the force though, is just the balance, the tension. It's not necessarily light and dark, the tension between that, but the tension between what is natural to us and what is like beyond natural mm-hmm. that can happen and stuff. Cause the force is almost like the power of nature, but yeah. yeah it's the power of creation and all that stuff, but it, what is it? It, 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 it uh, is also malleable and it mm-hmm. can basically, if you learn to empty yourself, quiet your mind and stuff and be at peace or really hyper fuel your anger, you know, like uh, like an edge Lord, um, then you can tap into it and basically make your thoughts reality right yeah yeah that's what the force is to me now is less like i'm using this much power to lift this can and i'm Mm -hmm. used it's more i am one with the force enough my mind is at peace enough to where i can visualize like leia i can't be done yet so she basically it's basically the force is willing yourself to do things willing the universe to do things around you to move the very atoms around you and stuff and push you towards a ship and make a bunch of uh man babies uh cry and stuff because it looks like mary poppins so (laughs) 
There we go. Good philosophy, Jerry. Thank um, you. Of course. No, uh, no. but in all seriousness, the, my philosophy, or I guess the philosophy of the Force, um, is something that's so deep within and something that you, you kind of take in as a kid if you grew up watching these. Like, it's so a part of your upbringing. Like, and people still do this. I see adults and children do this when they go to, like, a Target and they have the doors that slide open. I mean, everyone wants to do – like, it's like – Let's be real. If the force was a real thing that could manifest within each one of us, which on a spiritual level it might be, but in terms of uh, the ability to use it, I mean, I don't know. It it might be the the seventh sense. It might be the sense that we're not quite aware of, of the sixth sense, whatever the sense would be. This this sense that none of us have tapped into yet. That could be could be something that'll happen down the line in our in our evolutionary development. But like, I think the force is something that is both a way to to ease your mind but also i don't know it also is there to to guide you you know like mm. there's choices i've made in the past 5 years that have all been really good choices and they've come from prayer and meditation they've also come for just just almost manifesting it through through my mind you know not like a like a not like a this kind of way but in a sense of like well you know if 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 i want to be you know one of the best teachers at my school. I want to do the best and, and be able to go through Southeastern and achieve a, a better goal for myself. I, I feel like I'd have to really concentrate on it, make a very strong effort to be able to succeed in my, any of my, any of the endeavors, be it bombad cast, be it my professional career, be when I play guitar. It's just one of these things that I think in a weird way, it's, it's you're manifesting the force within yourself. You are truly forcing yourself to go and, and achieve your goals. And I think the force has this really impressive way of, of being something that we can often joke about, you know, we can, we can joke around the force, whatever the force means to, to Troy and Jerry and Eric and whoever. But when you kind of get down to it on a spiritual level, it's a, uh, it's very interesting how deep this subject can get because George made it very clear that he's making these Star Wars films for the the future impact and what it will do for next generations oh, and your your current generation, you know? And like mm-hmm. I think I think the kids that have watched The Force Awakens are gonna teach us some lessons like a in a big way one day. I really do. I think these kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna school us, and I'm looking forward to it. And that is the will of the force. These people are going to take in new informations, and they're going to be able to to give it back to us. So I think I think ultimately the force is what it, it, what binds every generation of Star Wars fan, and binds. and it's yes, it binds. <laughs> I was say binds them together. There we go. And um, yeah, I think I think the force is something that I can almost attribute to my 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 own successes, and I'm sure everyone else can say the same exact thing because it's a belief system. It's what you want to happen in your own life, you know? And I think it's, I think it's a cool, I think each person in this chat has approached it from a different perspective. And that's what, that's what's so interesting. And, and that's what, that's what keeps Star Wars such a thriving franchise. But, um, you know, yeah. for a bunch of fake fans, we're okay. Yeah. We're, we're okay. <laughs> so Troy, when, when you developed this concept, you, you wrote – you told me something about the nature of the Force. And I know Clone Wars has really been, for me, the show that has taught me more about the Force in terms of like, you know, 
what is the nature of the force? What does that even mean? So, Troy, what was your approach to that concept? Why why the nature of the force? What does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, uh, so, starting, you know, the word philosophy uh, kind of gets you into trouble sometimes because, like, it usually gets used in one of two ways. Uh, one, which is the way we've been using it so far, which is, like, this idea of, like, you know, it's a belief system, right? It's my philosophy yeah. on life. It's my it's my view on something mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Then there is, like, the actual academic philosophy, which is taking these non-empirical, like, non-scientifically provable but still, like, fundamental issues um, you know, is there a God, is there a right yeah. way to live your life, all these things, and trying to be as empirical and logical as possible and answer those and be succinct in those. So this sort of, you know, and that, you know, in terms of like academic logic and reading paragraphs and paragraphs of argument, I'm not trying to get into that right here. I'm more trying to talk about more, um, you know, the nature of things. What is, what is the stuff that we encounter in Star Wars? Um, and what does it say about what we value as people? Um, sure. So the nature, you know, what is the nature of the force? You know, you go back to Yoda. He says, you know, luminous beings, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. Um, you know, this idea that it is that it exists in everything and it combines together. I love you mentioned the Clone Wars. Um, I love the three episode arc with Yoda where he goes oh. and he, where oh. Qui-Gon's voice reaches out to him. Yes. And he meets, mm-hmm. and then he goes and he meets the priestesses and then he goes to the Sith home world that isn't Exegol um, because that wasn't confusing <laughs> enough already uh, for all the, for all the, non- and it wasn't Korriban either, right? It, it was, was more well, of it. Just change the let, you know, there's always a little right. bit of truth in legends. legends when Ahsoka yeah. says that in Rebels, I was just like, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I'm clever, so proud of you, Dave. Clever Dave. So proud of you, Dave. Anyway, no, so, but yeah. anyway, within that, you day. get within that th- uh, three episode arc, and I love it because it really it, it's all about lore building and this, and it's about Yoda, who probably is my favorite character. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. him sort of figuring out, setting the stage, bridging the prequels to the original trilogy, and it's also really George's last word on Star Wars and the lore of Star Wars. That he is make, true. He didn't make another movie after that. You know, the seven seasons of Clone Wars, he wasn't involved. I'm sure he had, you know, I'm sure Dave reached out and talked to him about some stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced that that's happened. Uh, but he didn't get any word, and he's he talked to J.J. and Ryan Johnson, you know, to, to whatever extent. Um mm-hmm. But that is his last, like, that is the last word that he has on what the nature of the force is. And I think that it's, uh, I think it's some really powerful stuff. And one of the, the things, like, as a, as a sort of religious studies and philosophy nerd, I am a Star Wars nerd. I just ate it all up with a spoon yeah. when, uh, when Eric and I were <laughs> watching that season on Netflix um, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the most profound things that they say it's Qui-Gon says it. And then the priestesses elaborate on it more is that the, that the force exists in two parts and they don't mean light side and dark side. They talk about the living force and and the the cosmic force. Cosmic force. And I was like, ah, this is so cool. And the idea that like the living is like what we had all heard, like that it's an energy field created by all living things. Uh, But that, that life force that, you know, is created by, you know, life itself powers Mm -hmm. the cosmic force, um, and then the, you know, the cosmic force, which I sort of interpreted, they don't say a whole lot about the nature of the cosmic force. Quaron says, and that is how I speak to you. And all this, like, I interpreted that more of as like the, you know, the physical, you know, the scientific, you know, you were talking about Scotty right. aspects yeah. of the universe. 
universe itself, what binds everything together, the natural mm -hmm. forces, you know, gravity, the strong force, the weak force and all that kind of stuff, the laws of nature. And then, yeah. and then that in turn creates new light, creates a, a, you know, a habitable place where life can flourish and that they too, yes. and they cyclically power each other in a series of, you know, yin and yang mm -hmm. and things of that nature, which we can get into more later. Um, but that's what I think of the nature of the force is that everything there's pushing, that there's pull and there's balance and through sort of tapping into that balance, you know, Jedi or Sith can like mm -hmm. understand and then manipulate the cosmic, the cosmic reality that they find themselves in with, you know, yeah. Bellakinesis and astro projection or whatever. What is there an official canon, Jerry, the canon junkie? Is there an official term for Luke appearing in another place? The bilocation um, for Skype. <laughs> no, that's that's what Kai, Ray and Kylo were doing. Um, yeah, I was about to say that's a different. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, they man, they even expanded on that crazily. Uh, but I no, not that I know. I think it force projection. I think is the closest thing we have. I think, that is the, the I think it's thing. force projection because mm -hmm. yeah. that's regardless it's like yeah. astral projection, but. Yeah. But yeah, but being in tune to the living force allows you through the cosmic force to, you know, extend your life after death or to move things with your mind and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's wild, man. You know, it's, it's awesome. Um, George Lucas just I well, was like, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to change the world right here and create, <laughs> create a religion it, that people will fall, treat as an actual religion. <laughs> yeah. Is, isn't it? Is it? Is it? It's actually a protected religion in the UK, right? Or it's like an actual, is it, is it here too? I mean, is it... Jediism is a thing and they have, right. uh, you know, meet Jediism. Jediism is, is my side me. piece. Yeah. So, it's my, it's my side hustle. So, <laughs> well, you know, that's, that sounds like attachment and the shadow of greed. That is, oh, dang it. <laughs> Man, I knew I was doing something wrong. <laughs> it's it's weird because you know this this whole discussion, especially dealing with the biggest. It's like it's one of these things that's an overarching topic, but it can be taken in almost any direction because it is really all about perspective in terms of like like you said, Jedi and Sith. I mean, the Force is all one thing. There's no there there is a dark side, but but that dark side can almost be a little bit clouded with with the light side of the Force because like one of my favorite moments in Return of the Jedi is when Luke walks in and he for he, he doesn't force choke. He does something to the throat of the, the throats of the Gamorrean guards right. and he keeps walking. And I'm like, they were allergic to peanuts. Dark. They were allergic to peanuts and he made them. Cause you need, that, they cause had you need that visual cue. You need that visual cue to go. Oh, Luke's all dark. He's got the hood. Of, like uh -huh. he's got Vader's silhouette as the thing open. You need that visual cue to go. Luke yeah. is going to be to like, is he maybe we left yeah. him off at empire and he was like talking to his dad. And the only thing is like, Ben, why didn't you tell me? Not like, Ben, how am I going to get through this? Ben, how am I going to defeat my father? It's Ben, yeah. why didn't you tell me? It's not, you don't know where he's at, you know, emotionally yeah. and spiritually. And so then you have that cue, uh, which like George Lucas, you know, you may knock him for his dialogue and, uh, you know, that, that might be fair. Um, mm -hmm. But you cannot knock the way he tells stories visually. Like he oh, does it no, better really. than anyone, than I think anyone else ever has. A hundred percent. Otherwise we're not here. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that scene. I, Matt Martin was talking about that and now we're going to, we don't have to dissect this, but like, I think he was talking about that where he like basically pushed them or something 
But yeah. like he definitely like I don't know I I like to think that he's a little like you know how Ray kind of flirts with the dark a little bit yeah you know yeah well your stuff. protagonist like, has to otherwise where's the conflict right yeah. right you know and so that's you know we yeah Anakin did it you know when he was a good Jedi and yeah. uh, he didn't you know, just flirt like with that. it he did uh he did something else with it oh he, he was courting it he was courting yeah. it yeah. Yeah. yeah well I mean he was seeing it behind Padme's back. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's interesting because Anakin's one of the few characters that's the pinnacle of what it means to be both dark and light. I mean, he he was the one that's supposed to bring balance to the Force, and that's a whole different discussion as to what the hell that even means. Because then apparently in The Rise of Skywalker, he's even like, bring back the balance, Ray, as I once did. <sighs> and so don't, don't, not nothing, not right now, not right I now. Know. But, but. But it's but it is it is important because I don't think the forces could ever be balanced in terms of what that even means. But like this this whole concept of the force being something that's very natural is so cool because I think with each consecutive movie or show or whatever release of a book, this idea of the force gets, I guess, more layered. And like obviously with <clears throat> A New Hope, it was a. Uh, it's very, very, very um, relevant of – not relevant. I'm sorry. It was very obvious that it was just kind of a basic thing. Like use the force, Luke, when he's using the speeder. You know, like believe in yourself, you know, when he launches the ion bomb. But then when you get to Empire Strikes Back, you got Yoda elaborate more on it. And then you see the antithesis of that with Palpatine in Return of the Jedi. So each movie is just like – Bam, 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 bam. Here's this new thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one so far, um, and uh, trust me, the sequel trilogy did amazing things for it. But now we're almost getting the force from a very different perspective with the Mandalorian because the the whole approach to it was so unexpected. And the fact that we are learning more about this species that Yoda also belongs to may be some sort of force sensitive race. And how is that possible? And we learned that. The Force is something that you can exert yourself using, which we didn't know that was a thing at all to begin with. We had no idea, except for when Luke dies in TLJ, that he overexerted, he gave himself to the Force, essentially. But, like, with little dude, you know, saving uh, Mandalorian from the from the Mudhorn, that was one of those moments in, like, canon where I'm like, this makes me rethink everything, because this, this child has had no formative training, and it's very obvious that he willed that mud horn with his heart. Like he knew that this thing was going to hurt the guy that's been protecting me. And he knew somewhere, I think it's also a moral thing. I think when you go down to it, to your core, the force is something that's very moral. So I I don't know. I feel like each movie has done something new for it. And I don't know if y'all want to share the movie that, that maybe opened your eyes to the, to the force the most, but I can almost say for me, it's TLJ and the Mandalorian. That those are the ones that made me challenge my thinking on the force. Like it really did. And like what it really means and why is it so important? Why is it so mystical still? You know, mm. I guess, I guess it's a really beautiful thing that as a fan, we can watch it from different perspectives. Now it used to be very finite. You got these three movies. Then you got these six movies. Then you got these nine movies. And now you get a show like the Mandalorian. TV shows. And yeah. All you're like, well, even when like, Clone Wars, even before the, the yes. Disney era, Clone yes. Wars, man. I mean, like we were just talking, there's so much in that. Like it, it's yes. ridiculous in the best way, you know, like George yeah. just like coming in with uh Filoni and saying, all right, let's play. You know, like just it's <laughs> crazy. But uh, I think Clone Wars 
taught me a lot about the force, but also TLJ and stuff. Yeah. I mean, TLJ is the big one. That's like, uh, you know, what, what it was like a good dissection of what is the force? Like what sure. really is the point of the Jedi? And that pissed a lot of people off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we, t- I think we talked about this. I forget when, but like, I feel like TLJ was a good deconstruction of what star Wars is about with a firm resounding triumphant ending of yes, the force and being a Jedi is all about this and stuff. That's the thing people don't get. Like Luke was like, the Jedi are going to end, and then all of a sudden, hey, no, this doesn't need to end. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's something that I, I feel very personally uh, uh, about and stuff, too, again, with my own, again, not to get too crazy personal, but my faith and all that kind of stuff. Like, yes, people have taken uh, – the Jedi have, have done bad things in the name of their religion, right? Mm-hmm. They, they basically became like we're – we're we're with uh like we're working for the government we are the uh like it was like a government funded kind of a thing almost it seemed like yeah. like they they were like basically like they could go in there but it it was weird and stuff and it, and and then you have um basically you know it's just it mirrors to me real life you where like people have done bad things in the name of any religion, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mainly Christianity, you know, and other, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's that TLJ really was, it hit me at the right moment yeah. where I was having kind of a, just, you know, I, my life was at a, a moment where I was a little bit of crisis and stuff, but it was just, it was what I needed to see. I needed to see Luke Skywalker, uh, doubting the force, doubting yeah. the Jedi, and then having that big triumphant at the end. I believe in this so much, and that J- that Ray is going to continue. It almost said J. I don't know why. Uh, that Ray is going to continue this, and it needs to continue. That I'm going to give my life for it. Yeah, that is yeah. So that I, I would. TLJ, it's hard to not pick TLJ. Empire has a lot of great stuff too. But well, like, I was going to say for me, for me, TLJ. Troy, what would what would be the movie that kind of transformed your outlook on the Force and what it, what it means? Because Empire is the one that I think is what hooked everyone initially. Like A New Hope establishes it, but I think Empire is the one that's like, oh, now I kind of see what this could mean from a fantasy um, perspective. Would it be possible to save my answer for when we get into the most Jedi to ever Jedi yeah, conversation, yeah, and then I'll factor it in there because I think yeah. I think uh, that it's uh, significant to that. Okay, um, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, I, I, I don't I, – I don't know. I've taken – there's a moth in my office. I've taken so much time to, like, <laughs> consider, you know, what what even the Force is. And, like, some movies don't really do it that much justice. But the, the weirdest one to me, the one that, like, changed my thinking, especially in terms of midichlorians, like, was literally Revenge of the Sith and how it was, like – they, they, they kind of showed – the force vision, you know, really good there in terms of like Anakin seeing the death of Padme and how this is an interesting thing here. We have Anakin pretty much getting a message from the force that Padme will die in childbirth. But what the force doesn't tell him is, is if you go down this path, you will cause this death. You will be the sole reason. 
I, th I subscribe to the theory that Palpatine was giving him those visions. And that also could be the case because it's 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 definitely noted that Palpatine has done that with people. You know, is giving them well, giving them dark and, vision. And, he, and, and I wonder he does it to Kylo. You know, I've, yep. I've every voice you've ever heard in your head. Mm -hmm. You know, when he's sitting down yeah. with the Darth Vader helmet in the Force Awakens, which yep. is so, because he's got the hel he puts his helmet on the ashes of Darth Vader, mm -hmm. and then he's sitting there with the charred helmet. Yep. He's like, show me. And this is the first time where we're all like, wait, does the dark side do this kind? of stuff with like they're yep. the bad guys do they get to like last and also darth vader turned like he's anakin now yep. he's of course goes how is this happening and it's palpatine yep. it was always it was always palpatine always always in the shadows always. oh <laughs> <laughs> jay what did you want to say i'm I waiting saw, for I beaumont really i'm waiting for beaumont ken to walk in here and say like dark science magic secrets <laughs> only the sith knew um natural yeah, give Rose more screen time, dude. No, uh, okay. Um, Poor Rose. What was I gonna say? I don't know. I, I derailed myself because now all I can think about is is uh, uh, Charlie from Lost. Oh um, my god! Well, I love well, him. I love him. I was talking about essentially how how like the the biggest mistake Anakin ever made was listening to his to that side of the force. He was being greedy in terms of what he wanted. He wanted to save well, Padme's life for, yeah. for himself, which is interesting. He, he was trying to, it's kind of funny because this is where the rise of Skywalker does a lot of things really well, where, where Anakin failed for selfish reasons, trying to save Padme for himself. Kylo Ren is then the one that really achieves Anakin's goal with saving the one he loved through, mm -hmm means of selflessness he gave himself to her in order to stay alive mm -hmm. right. in order for her to be the one that carries the tradition although i think uh, i think vader absolutely um does that yeah well. so in like, the end he, he, mm -hmm. he the whole thing is he you know he wants padme and this greed and everything um mm -hmm. but then it you know then it is that same it is that same love but instead of an obsessive, unhealthy infatuation love for Padme, it is a genuine, selfless, caring love for Luke that yep. brings him back. So, right. you know, the, the inversion of that, like an unhealthy love versus a healthy love are the ways that, you know, bring him, you know, back and forth from light to dark. Well, dark to light, whichever way. This is a good this is a good point to be made. Is the force essentially what we would consider love? Now that sounds really weird, but like the the love is maybe do strange things. Honestly, not not in terms of like like I haven't like go killed a lamb for love, but I've definitely like you know sacrificed a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of my personal interest, a lot of anything for love. And this could be the love for I have for Katie, but it also could be the love I have for um, my mother, or the love I have for teaching. Like I would find a way to, to work Star Wars into every lesson, but it's, you can't do that. Like that's the, that's the thing is the Challenge force a weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is the force a weird way of, of love? Is, is this the power that binds us all together? Is that, the, is that what the force is? Is it love? Because I love Jerry. Jerry and I are nowhere near each other. Jerry and I literally live across <laughs> the state. But if I had to make a phone call about an emergency, I bet Jerry would be one of the first people to answer just because it's how he is. You know, well, he loved me. Not, not if you need to ride to a hospital or anything, though. No. Because that might, no, that no. might take a little – I'd have to catch a flight. But, you know. Yes. Yes. It's like, okay, so, give me 12 hours. So, no, yeah. Um. Hey, 
I, I think you're on that. You know, I think we were talking a little bit about like friendship and stuff. How Palpatine doesn't understand um, friendship and stuff. Yeah. He doesn't. He thinks that friendship and that attachments to like like good, healthy like relationships with people yeah. that you're not manipulating them. You're letting mm-hmm. them be themselves. And you're like, he thinks that that's foolish, right? Like he thinks yeah. that all of that is, is dumb, which I, to me, and if I guess, are we going to try to, maybe we're getting into uh, the difference between the Jedi and the Sith and the light side and the dark sure. side, right? Is, um, is like, um, to me, it's like the difference between like selfishness and selflessness. Yeah. Especially with what you're talking about with, uh, two dark siders, right? Who became good and stuff, but like you've got Anakin who goes bad because he's mm-hmm. trying to save his wife, and mm-hmm. you know Ben comes back to the light and he succeeds in what Anakin wanted to do mm-hmm. by like bringing Ray back again because he was selfless and gave yeah. up himself and stuff. Yeah. And so it's just like that's what seems to power both sides of the force is those two opposite opposing forces is if you're, if you like embrace your selfishness, you can have all these crazy, scary, like monstrous powers. Yeah. Or if you use your true selflessness, you can be powerful, more powerful than we can possibly imagine. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm here every Saturday. Yeah. On the Bob podcast. (laughs) Come check me out. (laughs) Yeah, like it's this is where like the religion aspect comes in, and, and I know Troy has got some cool notes prepared for this part because if if I've I studied Catholicism my whole life, and I, I wouldn't say I know a lot about it. I know as much as a, a twenty five year old who studied it his whole life would know. So it's not like I'm well versed in it, but I I know my way around it in terms of like story, and it's weird because the idea of the chosen one is something that's very much established in the old Testament that, that the, the person who would come and save everyone's sins is going to be the son of be the son of God. And it's so weird that you can then place a lot of these very beautiful, I guess, belief systems into star Wars and, and star Wars and star Wars overall philosophy too, because for the longest time, Anakin was the chosen one. And what does that phrase even mean? And he was born of a virgin mother. Like it's so many uh, aspects of Catholicism are thrown in right there. And then it's really weird because it, with the sequel trilogy now, we've got another almost figure of of dealing with Catholicism. You've got, and I wouldn't even know what to claim Kylo Ren as, but he has a very Christ-like figure. He, he, he gives away himself, you know, to save the one he loves, or he saves the cause that she believes in too. And it's weird because he does it and, you know, in Ray's eyes, he dies a martyr, essentially, but in the eyes of others, which will be an interesting thing to be explored after the sequel trilogy, like, you know, he's still a bad guy. Same with Vader. Vader died a martyr as well. He gave up himself to save Luke from the from the evils of Palpatine. So it's, it's very beautiful when these stories echo each other, much less the fact that we get, um, we get it now with completely different stories you know and different people telling these stories it's it's really beautiful and um yeah troy what was some things you want to mention in terms of religion about this because you've got some cool things prepared for us yeah well i think uh in terms of like you know when you're talking about with uh the judeo-christian tradition um yeah i think i think george lucas did a very good job of being insightful enough to sort of pick on what 
are sort of the universal themes that you can find throughout religions across the world in terms of like this other, the virgin birth is certainly uh, significant for Christianity, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's virgin births in other mythologies and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, but this idea of, you know, sacrifice um, and those sorts of things, you know, you can find uh, everywhere in this idea of uh, good and evil um, is a very Abrahamic, uh, you know, the Western uh, traditions, you know, Jude- Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, you get this whole, like, there is good and there is evil. Whereas, yes. um, and you certainly get that in some Eastern religions too, but then if you look at sort of Taoism and Buddhism, which are um, sort of, I think, some of the most tangible influences on, like, what George Lucas had in mind when he's talking about the Force, you get um, a slightly different way of looking at it. I think he did a good job of synthesizing all of those things. Um so when you talk about, like, take Taoism for um, instance, you know, I, was, I started getting into, you know, getting into other religions, started reading, you know, I was like, well, the, there's more out there I want to see. I want to know sure. why, what other people believe. You know, I was just an edgy teenager. I was like, Buddhism's the way, man, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it is, it is a significant, um, you know, it is significant. Um, and it's something, you know, world religions is something everybody should take. Uh, I believe. Oh yeah. Or, or at least, you know, maybe not as a formal class, but just, you know, investigate so that you can have, you know, respect and empathy and understanding for everyone, whether you're, uh, religious, a a religious, um, you know, what have you, but, uh, Taoism, let's, uh, go back to that, you know, this, and this is where, as I start getting into some of these, I talk about what, some of these religions that very clearly had an influence on Lucas, I'm going to say some things and I'm going to say them so very wrong. And I'm going to have to beg the internet for forgiveness because I do not speak. Um, like I've studied language, but it's been, it has not been any Eastern languages, Oh, but Taoism is sort of, um, is focused on the Tao, which the best way to translate is you can translate as the way. Um, and it's, and it's this idea that there is this sort of natural force guiding everything and that to achieve spiritual enlightenment, um, you must be, make yourself in tune with nature. And this is the one where we get the, uh, the, the famous yin and yang, you know, this idea that everything is sort of in this push and pull and there is, you know, male Mm -hmm. and female day and night, all of Mm -hmm. these sorts of things that cycle, uh, and that you have to be in tune with that. And it's as people who, whether you're religious or not, if you grow up in, you know, America, Europe, you know, what is generally referred to as the West, um, you're going to think of it immediately go to, oh, good and evil, light and, you know, light and dark. That's really not what it's about, even though there is very clearly good and evil in Star Wars. Um, the yin and the yang isn't about this idea that, like, good and evil are in constant tension you know, you can certainly believe it, but it's more about the fact, you know, there is no hard ethical system mm-hmm. uh, that Taoist teaching prescribes the way you get the Ten Commandments or anything like that, um, or the Mosaic Law, or the rest of the Mosaic Law or Islamic Law. You, it is all about becoming in tune with nature, and that will lead you, you know, to enlightenment and happiness in this idea. It's yes. called... Uh, you, and and like this is so not only does the like this sort of so like there's this life energy like one of the uh, fundamental aspects of uh, Taoism is is qi which is usually spelled Q I and if you doubt for a second that George Lucas was thinking about this stuff something very integral to Taoism and sort of you know Eastern myths is is 
I'm going to say this. It's, I believe it's Qigong, and it's Q-I, it's Americanized as Q-I space G-O-N-G. And if that's not mm-hmm. Qui-Gon, then I don't know what is. Right. Like he's Good like, point. well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull stuff, you know, from everywhere. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it would, it literally translates to like life energy cultivation. And there's sort of like legends that have, you know, aren't really essential to practicing Taoism of, you know, ancient Taoist sages, you know, lifting things with their mind and it becoming yeah. so in tune with the way that they extend their lives way past, you know, and have influence way past the natural order of things. And this idea that there's sort of chi, this life energy that uh, permeates um the universe that we can cultivate and when we cultivate that through various practice you know through you know eastern medicine and it's very qigong is very related to tai chi um in that regard um well i want to bring up very much yeah it's super important though to this because we've seen now in star wars it's gotten a little bit different with the new canon but we've got things now where like of course there is the dark side and there's a light side that's always been established but now we're getting things like you know the zepho and fallen order they believe in the oh, force yeah. but they don't call it the force the same with the wookies they've they've got these things now established in canon where yes there is certain aspects of the force and it's not so black or white in these other these other, um, I guess, sects of religion, you know, these things that like, like, of course, if you've got these Sith cultists that obviously follow the Sith teachings, which would manifest more of the darker side of energy, but also the emotional side, which I think is super important in Star Wars and in our life. It's, it's important to feel emotionally invested in things. And that's where it gets really interesting. I don't know, like that, that, a lot of the the things also in Rebels, you got the Jedi Bindu, which Bindu. now is the I'm Bindu on the, the middle. middle. Yep. So like, mm-hmm. what? It's entirely up for interpretation as to which side you choose and what that side even means to you. Because a lot of what Vader, you know, it's selfish, but like he loves someone so much, he's willing to risk everything he can. That is kind of selfless in a weird way because he's doing his best to. I don't know, like like achieve this and make something happen. And it might not be the most moral way, but yeah, I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these new stories and the way they're telling stories is, is really interesting because it's not just from one huge perspective. It's this weird umbrella of perspectives now. And so I, and I think that is significant uh, that there's this idea that I am removing myself from light or dark. And like I was just saying, like Taoism, I think, you know, the force in general, one of the things I hated the most after the force awakens was this theory that like Kylo killed Han and Han let him so that he could like achieve like light and dark. And you have to have both to win. Like that's, that's absurd. And it's yeah. antithetical to what star Wars is, but there yeah. is this idea of, you know, I am not going to act. So there is, you know, the central tenet of the Star Wars is like there is the dark side. There is, you know, evil. There are people who seek to do wrong in the world. Yes. Um, and we can explain that once we get into like specific Jedi and Sith, we'll get into that. But then there are people who do nothing. And even that goes back into, you know, da- you can talk about Taoism, the central tenet of like Wu Wei, which sometimes gets translated as non-action. And then sometimes, mm. uh, you know, this idea that I'm going to remove myself. But I think. Uh, what a lot of people, scholars would agree, a better translation is effortless action. So you are ultimately making yourself so in tune with nature, with the Tao, 
that you are acting in the way that the force, that the Tao, what have you, wants. And that's ultimately kind of like what a Jedi mm. is. A Jedi becomes so in tune with the force that yes. they can do. And that's why, like, when Yoda lifts the X-Wing, uh, it doesn't matter what his size is because he is totally removed, right? He has yep. be, the, the force is his ally. He has removed yeah. himself. And, and that's, and that, like, that's do or do not. There is no try. Like yeah. trying, trying is effort, right? It's it's about yourself. I am going to do this. Whereas yes. you know, it's it's no this more like we are able to do these things because we are in tune with nature and what the force wants. <laughs> and I think it's very interesting what you say about Anakin. Like he loves this person so much. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's born a slave, uh, and that true. he's no he's known nothing but harshness mm. um, his entire life, and he's seen all these people with possessions, and he. Shmi, this loving person who he values so much, he and she have, like have had nothing, and so then when he and then he goes straight to Jediism, which is still like this asceticism, this I I'm going to have nothing, but for an mm -hmm. entirely different reason. So he never has anything. Yeah. Um, and then when he has Padme, and I know it's it's kind of terrible to talk about relationships in that way, but that's what it is. It and because he, that was his life. He had this unhealthy. Um, relationship with her where like, yeah. you know, he, he becomes obsessed with her and infatuated with her and she belongs to him. And I'm going to actively try to subvert the natural order of things sure. and make my will happen um, instead of, you know, whatever the force may be telling me. Is Maybe in telling me, exactly. And I think that's huge because the, there's a lot of moments in, Re in Revenge of the Sith where Anakin has a choice and he doesn't he doesn't do what Qui-Gon does, which is interesting. He doesn't meditate. He doesn't take a moment to think about it. I hear I hear Jack purring over the microphone. Oh, <laughs> sorry, everybody. No, 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 no. It was so awesome. But, he decided um, he wants to be here. So he, he's really <laughs> interested in, in uh, religion as well. Uh, so. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of characters now in Star Wars that, that you know, they're the, the I guess, we've said it on this show, the most Jedi to ever Jedi. And... I'm sure we all have our very own opinions as to what that means, and we have our own choice too. Because it's weird. Like I've been rewatching a little bit of Rebels, and like, damn it, if Kanan isn't is so zen, like Kanan's so good. So By the end, man, yeah. I don't know. Like, like Jerry, do you did you want to bring you up? Because I know I think you're just still Ahsoka, but Troy I think has a curveball for us with with something. But uh, uh Jerry, well, it's it's funny that you bring up uh. Because Ahsoka is another one of those names where it's like I, I see what you do. Ahsoka is named after Ashoka, who was like an Indian uh, ruler, um, an ancient Indian ruler, and he's and he's conquering what is now known as India, and he conquers the kingdom of Kalinga, and like when he sees the absolute suffering of these people that his army is inflicted, he converts to Buddhism, which is all very um, we can do a deep dive on Buddhism later when we talk about Jedi. Um, yeah. But it's all very about like withdrawing yourself and everything like that. He sees all of this suffering because of war and then has mm -hmm. a religious conversion, which I think is that like they named Ahsoka what they did completely on purpose. Yeah. Um, because of her character and what she goes through during the Clone War and then the Jedi Order and all of that. 
Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And also, um, Ian McDermott calls her Ashoka Tano in yeah. uh, in Rebels, and so uh, yeah, because uh, I, I think that is like the way it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> but again, yeah. I'm so very not an expert on pronunciation of <laughs> any anything, really. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably uh, like, oh, I don't sure. even pronounce yes, English correctly. Yes, the Indian yes, yes. <laughs> Jerry, the most Jedi to ever Jedi, because I think yours was Ahsoka. The last time we got into it with Eric, actually, when he was on the show, but I think mine's changed a little bit now after after some, I guess, I don't know, contemplating on it recently. I think, yeah, and see, I, I think I had even gone off of that track back to like Ray. Yeah. I think Ray was who I had said before. Yeah. Soka. And then Qui-Gon was before that and all yes. of that. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I, I think I might give it back to Ahsoka and everything. Cause again, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of Ray's journey and stuff, but, but we've seen Ahsoka uh, and we will most likely this fall see Ahsoka as well. Yes. Uh, we'll see. In Super live action. Exciting. Holy crap. Um, we yep. already had her in live action, technically, because she talked to Ray. So, you know, um, <laughs> I, I count it, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> it's totally there. Yeah, totally. It's the but, world uh, between know, worlds. Exactly. All the voices to reach. It's the cosmic force. It's it's time. There we and go. There and you everything. Go. There and they're all the cosmic reaching out. Force, cosmic force is ooky spooky stuff. Right? And it it's feeds the into the. And that's the real yin and yang, right? Is the living force and the cosmic force cycling together. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I would have to give it to, cause we've seen Ahsoka where she's like the, not necessarily a master, right? Mm-hmm. It's like very wizened and very yeah. like, she's helping like, you know, Ezra and stuff like that. And, and even in, I think, cause it was after, um, gosh, even after uh, she leaves the Jedi order and just before uh, in, in the siege of Mandalore, man, like she mm-hmm. was just, I think that's really what made me go like, wow, she is just the way she tried to protect all of her men and all of that stuff, man. I think yep. I, I even yeah, after yeah. I'm still going, I, I'm still going Ahsoka, Ashoka, uh, whichever. Ashoka. Because, because I mean, just, her name's Ahsoka in the show. Just call her that. She's not the actual her, Indian ruler. <laughs> I'll call her. Oh, you, I just, you call I, I her what you want. Whatever makes you happy, man. I'll call her that, but I also I still I have called her Ashoka before because of uh, Ian McDermott in the season finale or the series finale oh, yeah. of Rebel and stuff. Because Ashoka yeah. Tano, um, <laughs> I yeah, I'd have to give it because just the whole thing about her, like the the way she tries to fight for Rex and she does yeah. not want to kill any of the men as little as few men as she has to kill with Order sixty six. She she does her best to not do it, and I'm oh. right now just like wanting to go and rewatch that, even though I rewatched it 500 times when it came out. So, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like now with canon, we've gotten this weird, I guess, addition of people that that we never would have had in terms of like you've get you've got all these different outlets to approach. What is it? What does it mean to be a Jedi? <clears throat> and right. the sequel trilogy has really made me rethink a lot of it too, because you know it's it's it can be black and white, but it also can be really in the middle. And, and Ahsoka kind of teeters on that too. You know, she's emotional and she's that, that the Jedi order, you know, being the thing that makes her leave is, is a hard thing for her. And she still is one with the force, even after something, even after losing the title of Jedi, she is still in a weird way. One of the most Jedi to ever Jedi. And, and now we've got Kanan, you know, being a character that, 
you can often rely on for for philosophical and spiritual you know motifs like he's blind but he still can use the force to see that's a heavy thing mm-hmm. for two seasons straight they made that work and he defends blaster bolts that way and like it's probably one of the first times we ever got that with with a lot of context you know and right. he sacrifices himself yet again to save the ones he loves who will move on and do bigger things. And Ezra is going to be the one that I think I hope we get another big story with in the future. Where we'll, Ezra, we'll, so much. Yeah, because Ezra's a weird one. Ezra's the one kind of in the middle. He's got a weird outlook. He's very emotional, but he's he's also very spiritual and very grounded. And and if it's not for uh, Kanan, I think I'm right now between Qui-Gon and Kanan. And I don't know if I can ever find a happy medium ground because Qui-Gon's one of the ones that's guided Anakin spiritually so well. And like, you know, he went against the council. He's like, yeah, he might be too old, you know, but if, if he is, that's my mistake. And Qui-Gon mm. obviously made a mistake. <laughs> like he and, he, and I'm sure he admits it now. And maybe we'll get, some more insight on Qui-Gon from the Kenobi series, which would be so cool and so special because he was the first one to figure out, you know, using, using the force as a way to, to come back and have a second chance and be able to communicate with the living. And that is, that is the cosmic force there. He, he found a way to speak through the cosmic force, which is really kind of beautiful. And we, maybe we'll get that with us. So I don't know. I think, I think it's a very powerful thing that we will, we will have more of in the future, which is going to be cool for storytelling. But um, Troy, you haven't had this opportunity, and I know it's it's probably eating you alive. But who is the most Jedi to ever Jedi, in in your opinion? So I think uh, I think it's a really interesting question because it 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 does beg the question: What is a Jedi? And you look at uh, you look at you know all these important Jedi: Is it Mace? Is it Obi Wan? Is it Yoda? Is it is it Luke? Is it Ray? Is it Qui Gon? And you look mm-hmm. at like what they what they all sort of stand for, and then you know I think. Uh, yeah, I was talking to you about the Mace Windu sort of like embodies like everything that has become corrupt about the Jedi Order. Uh, yes. He's still like a noble and good character, but he's like he's powerful and he's and he's a general in the war and he doesn't trust anyone. And it's because mm-hmm. it's because he it's because he is his lack of trust in anything and his preoccupation with politics is because the Jedi have become political. They've become yeah. whatever this weird relationship is. You know, it's it seems like it starts with like the idea that like the Jedi think that democracy is good which it is. I mean, people, you know, people not being uh, subjects of a dictator is a, is a really great idea. And the Jedi want to propagate that. But like over time, the moral of Star Wars is that politics corrupts. I think. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. If there, if there is uh, there are several obvious overarching morals, but I think that's a significant, maybe of the prequels. It is that politics yeah, corrupts. It is. Um, George certainly. Lucas is a child of the sixties, right? He was, a, he was a hippie. Oh, yeah, it's he all just, about he just Vietnam. decided to make movies yeah. instead of go to Woodstock. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the whole thing is all him saying like, don't trust the system, man. Don't trust mm-hmm. the system. No, like it, no. it, it's yeah. Whereas, Qui-Gon is sort of like, you know, it, and maybe he is the most because he rejects all of that. Right. You know, he, mm-hmm. he 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 recognizes that, like, there is a place for compassion that isn't, you know, this sort of obsessive problem that Anakin runs into, but that there is yes. compassion and there's caring and that that supersedes this attachment to, you know, and th- this attachment to the code and to the system, as you want to call it, the man, this attachment to that, that the Jedi have that, you know, the Jedi Order has become is just as problematic as an attachment to, um, you know, a person uh, yeah. or money or, what, or whatever you want to uh, pick, choose as your vice. Um, and then you look at Obi-Wan. 
who was sort of like the knight in shining armor and like the ideal of like what the old Jedi order is supposed to be. Right. Like he embodies Truly. all of these vir virtues and he's still like, he doesn't quite get it as much as Qui-Gon, but like you put, I know uh, Eric pointed out when y'all were talking about those, that last season of the clone wars, when he says uh, the council is asking you, you know, that's like when he's sort of becoming Qui-Gon, but he never really, I don't think fully gets it to the extent that Qui-Gon did, but he's still like yeah. sort of like the epitome of a Jedi. So maybe that means you're the most Jedi to ever Jedi. I want to say it's Yoda. <laughs> Uh, because I love yeah. Yoda so much. And Yoda's the one who learns, right? Yoda was very much, for for 900 years, was like the face of the Jedi Order. But mm -hmm. then he learns and he realized that this attachment to politics led them down a path where they were propagating war and propagating suffering. Yep. And, then, and like, what is the first like truism that Yoda gives to Luke in Empire? You know, after he says, oh, wait, put your weapon. I mean, you're no harm. But he asks him why mm -hmm. he's here. And yet Luke says, uh, Luke says, you know, I'm looking for a great warrior. He says, war, warrior. War does not make one great. Because he knows, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. He learned from that. War, he war doesn't make you great. Like, a, the first, like, lesson he teaches Luke um, is, a, you know, that's that's not what this is. I am, I am look at me. Uh, you know, mm. I am so very, not, like, Jedi, adventure, war, th those things don't go together. Jedi is yeah. separate from all of those things. But I think it is Luke who is the most Jedi to ever Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because, because Luke throws away the lightsaber. And when you talk, I'm bringing it back now to the very beginning. Uh, when you said, like, what movie, you I like know, where this is going. <laughs> what movie, like, furthered the force the most for you? Um, and I love The Last Jedi um, because it, it could have very easily went to, like, this whole sort of pop culture thing where it's like, yeah, man, dude, like, you need the light, so light side and the dark side to win, like, mm -hmm. this sort of fan theory. And it didn't. And it showed you, it took you to the brink of, like, what are the Jedi? Do they matter anymore? And then, and then there is a renewal of it. And I think that mm -hmm. that's important. But Return of the Jedi is the ultimate moment because Luke, Luke throws, when Luke, you know, he, he beats Vader down and he has him. He's going to kill him. And then in that moment he stops and he sees that Vader is the same as him. Oh, it's um, awesome. Such a then, good moment. And a good, good, you know, and Palpatine's coming down. And, he's, and instead of, and it's not about, in this moment, it's not about, it's not about Vader. It's not about Palpatine. It's not about Luke. He, he throws the lightsaber away. He says, I'm not going to fight anything. You can, you, I am not going to be what you want me to be. Because that is the Emperor right. That is the dark side. It's subverting others mm -hmm. to your will. Mm -hmm. Like you, the dark, the nature of the dark side is like you make, instead of going the other way, like we were talking about, like making yourself in tune with nature and in tune with whatever this force is and everything and following the action of that and protecting others, you know, and those sorts of things. It's, I am making myself the center of the force and everything yes. through my knowledge of it, I will make myself the center and every, everything will bend to my will. And that's what Palpatine has done, right? He's bent He's bent Vader to his will. Um, right. And Luke says, you can't, you can, you can kill me. You can do whatever, but I, you will not bend me to your will. And that's the ultimate defeat of Palpatine, right? It's, it is, it is what he does best is the manipulation and the bending and the conniving. You can't do yeah. it to me because mm -hmm. I am a Jedi. Yeah. And that is the most Jedi to ever Jedi. And then you still get character development on top of that where, yep. Where you mm -hmm. see where Luke was at the mountaintop, like the spiritual mountaintop right there, right? Where I was like, I am I am fully 
accepting of whatever the force will do to me, but mm-hmm. I am not going, I'm not going to be bent by anything other than the force. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, Kylo and all the sadness that comes and he says, well, all right, fine. Then I'm not going to do anything. Right. Because yeah, when yeah. I was at that mountaintop and I tried to bring others there with me and I failed. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stay up here on my literal mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Yoda and gosh, I love Yoda so much. Oh, dude. Uh, Yoda comes back and he says, no, it's about, it's about what they grow beyond. You know, yeah. you don't want them to oh, be the here. With, you don't want them to be standing with you. You want them to move forward. Ah, and so, and, I like that, Troy. Yeah, and so Pretty and good. so maybe Yoda is the most Jedi ever, Jet, because Yoda the one that like really learns. Like, but Luke, <laughs> but then Luke in his final sacrifice is once again like I'm standing in front of you, and I'm not going to I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not yeah. going to give you your status. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to let your will infect others. I'm going to make a stand and be here and be resolute with the will of the mm-hmm. Force. So Luke, Luke is the most Jedi ever, Jedi. That's pretty good. That's a pretty convincing argument. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, you I'm get, down with that. I am very yeah. down with that. It's weird because TLJ is one of these movies that that everyone wants to get upset about. <clears throat> and I think after I first watched it, I wasn't so upset about it. I was it more really questioned how I thought. And like, I I feel like this movie is gonna be one of the ones everyone looks back at. Empire Strikes Back in terms of you know fondly. I mean, they're gonna be. I think when it, upon a release, it has a, a good bit of a divisiveness. But when people grow up with these movies and they get the lessons that we don't get out of them right now. These young generations going to come in, have a very different perspective of what the force means to them simply because of that movie. And and it's weird because the force, yes, like, like you said, Troy is something that, that, that guides you. And it's something that you can also control like Palpatine does, but the force is, is also a, a very special power that not many people get. And, and, TLJ is one of the first times that made me like really realize that whenever they had the force Skype and then Luke doesn't see the force Skype. Luke's like, what are you talking? What's going on? You know, what happened there? And it like, it's such a cool moment because the force, even though Luke is so strong with it and he can shut himself off from it, he still couldn't sense what was happening. And the, and the force is not mm. just something that's spiritual. It also really manifests in real life. And we see that when Luke is on crate, but he's not really there or when yeah. Kylo Ren's in the, in the hut, but he's not really there. And then we got one of the best parts in the rise of Skywalker. The whole movie is when, when they're able to pass things through the force. And that's yep. going to be a, such a cool aspect to a floor to explore in the future. Because I mean, this is where my next point comes in this, this idea of midi chlorians, but like, like when he passed it through the force, it's just so it makes sense because they have such a strong bond. And, and I like that the rise of Skywalker and TLJ taught us something that we never knew that, that people can be literally bonded to the force, like the dyad in the force, mm-hmm. which is actually a very old Joseph Campbell, um, I guess, type mm-hmm. of, type of philosophy. And it also brings up the, the, the yin and yang thing you brought up, Troy. It's like this, this idea of these things having to coexist just because, you know, and, and for a dyad to happen, it's, it's once in, in a very long time, apparently in terms of star Wars, but I don't know. I can, um, you can almost see a dyad as, as, your soulmate in terms of star Wars too. And I don't know. I, 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 the idea of soulmates, very interesting. I, I've, I've, I've encountered things in my life where I'm like, man, you know, I felt like I've known this person my whole life. And I think that's a weird spiritual thing that I often think about, you know, and, and it's kind of star Warsy in terms of like, sometimes you can just hit it off with people. Like when I first met Jerry, 
boom, I don't know what it was, but it, it, it's something that's unexplainable. It's I, th- this- I think it was that I never left you and Katie's side on that's uh, probably it. Friday. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was, you know, I just bonded myself to you. So like a parasite, you know, like it- midi- much like midichlorians. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Well, and and parasite versus symbiotes. 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 Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Symbiote. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's that's a bring. That's a good point though, Troy. Parasite versus sim- symbiotes because you, I've, I teach this this concept in, in science all the time. You know, symbiotic relationships are super important because symbiotic is when they both benefit. Parasitic is when one benefits, the other one gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Then you have um, I forget. There's a, there's a second one. Um, Troy might even know it more than I do. But the second one is when when one benefits the other. The other one doesn't benefit at all, you know, and it's it's interesting because right now um, I think the term midichlorians has was introduced in the Phantom Menace and a lot of people didn't like it because it almost diminishes the mysticism of the force. But to me, when I study any sort of life, I think about how incredible it is. The transfer of energy is is something that I almost obsess with now, but I didn't even think about. Two years ago, I never thought about it, but this concept of like you're you're one with the universe because of what you're made of is super pro- profound. And like I had a moment yesterday, I'm not even kidding. I was eating a can of tuna, and I was thinking, you know, this tuna had gone through so much to get into this can that I am now consuming, and I am literally taking in a part of it and like this that is on an atomic level very profound because this thing lived through the water it ate things that came of the water it took in sunlight and then i take it in and i get this same exact energy that it had once had you know there's a lot of vitamins in tuna so all these vitamins that this tuna had developed in its body i am now getting from it and that's where the midichlorians come in because on a very microscopic level, we're nothing but a bunch of cells that work and create this reality we know. Same with atoms. Like everything physical in this room around me is all made of very small quarks and very You're small going George. things. You're going George. This is man. see, this is where I'm going, George. I'm going George, because this is where I think oh, George's movie for the next one. I would. I really think George had something very interesting going on. Now yeah, that I've kind of developed this thought of like, like midichlorians in the Plagueis novel, it's so beautiful because Plagueis in the novel. I won't give anything away. It's one of the best books I think, honest to God, for what it does for the Phantom Menace and what it does in terms of storytelling. Yeah, you've listened to it. You've you've read it. Uh, I, I see. We've talked. I'm way too ADHD for audiobooks. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm almost too ADHD. I love reading. Uh, yeah. English teacher loves reading. Breaking yeah. news. Print the print the papers. <laughs> um, but I read I read that one like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, like it's because it, that's an old legends book, and so I, like yeah. for half a second I was like, is there canon Plagueis? Because if so, sign me up. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, but no, I read that a long, long time ago. And then like there's kind of like, but they didn't they kind of they put his droid in the was it the Tarkin book or something like I his think so Plagueis's droid is in like the new canon which like kind of makes the old there's nothing in it that like diametrically opposes no the no, way, it could the way be, like it could the way a lot in, of the old right. eu does like opposes itself let alone the new canon yeah um but anyway not to we're, we're going down the you know we're going down a tangent <laughs> i don't even remember what i was about to say <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Plagueis. um uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. yeah. So I guess essentially what I was going to get at was the fact that in this novel, Plagueis 
observes death in all different types of species. He has this one where he observes death in an animal. He observes a death within himself. And he also observes depth from depth. I'm sorry, death, D-E-A-T-H. He observes the death of another force user. And like he literally takes it and studies how the Minicorians react. Are they scared? Are these microorganisms, you know, that are feeding life to these creatures? Is it is it important that that they, you know, also die and they become one with the force? And Plagueis discovers that it's it's very interesting because the will of the force in terms of that book is controlled by the user, but it's allowed by the midichlorians. Yep. So if I were going to try to move my webcam with my mind, which I cannot do, I the midichlorians within me are not allowing me to do it. You have to be in tune with yourself. You have to be you have to know who you are in order for you to be able to tap into this power. And I think yeah. for the Jedi it comes easier. I think if you believe in a Jedi point of view, it might be easier to achieve. But if you believe in a Sith point of view, it's also kind of crazy because the whole book's about how Palpatine pretty much trumps Plagueis in the end. And literally, it, it, the role of two is a very flawed thing. And this is where it gets super interesting because it's been revealed now in the Rise of Skywalker novel that the same thing Plagueis did to try to cheat and, and, and achieve a greater life or like live beyond death, he couldn't do it because he couldn't figure out the magic yeah, I guess the 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 cane sauce he couldn't figure out the formula to do it, and then you the get, cane sauce is anchovies. Yes, you know you know that he worked at Cane's. It's a it's a restaurant <laughs> local here. They're just Jerry. throwing anchovies in there. Yes. <laughs> um, you find but, uh, the right one, you can see the little skeleton. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, that's not, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, but um, it's weird because the Phantom Menace set up some Nickelorians, then Revenge of the Sith kind of elaborates on it. Then we kind of don't hear that much from it. And this book is the one of the first things that made me question it because all life does come from themselves. I mean, when when your parents decided to to join together and share the the same the the the, the uh, haploid cells uh that that i'm sorry diploid cells to make a haploid cell that that within itself that conception of life was two cells forming and making one cell so what i'm getting that essentially is without that one cell there would be no you and all these cells that make up your skin that make up your brain that make up your your lips that make up everything is all you used by lips? energy yes that is all used by energy a that brain? is taken in by you so in a weird way, midichlorians have, I think, almost changed my understanding of the Force. And studying science has changed my understanding of the Force. And it makes me understand how it actually makes more sense now. If you think about it in terms of energy and how you take and give out energy, that, that midichlorians are extremely crucial in that. I don't know. I've, I've, I've been I've, – was once the person that was like, midichlorians are stupid. They were talking about that in high school. But now I'm like, damn, if they don't make more sense – Jesus, it just makes it just it clicks for me now. I don't know. The the mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell, and the midichlorians are the powerhouse of the force. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. But the Jerry, interesting you, thing is, oh, no, oh I want to no, hear. I haven't heard Jerry Bear talk enough today. I yeah, hear Jerry. Oh, well, uh, shucks. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm sitting here listening to two fine educators just uh, educate me. Um, uh, what, what do you want to hear about? What, what about like, uh, for you. What do you think about midichlorians? I have, not... I have I have my PowerPoint to give later, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> well, just you know, like I was saying earlier, it's it's never really bothered me. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was. He needed something 
to show like that Anakin had like was really powerful in the force. Right. Yes. Um, and, and I don't know. Um, it, it's Scott, you said you were upset about it in high school. We talked about it in high school. It's almost as if, uh, high schoolers, uh, were the ones who were mad about it back in the day or, or guys who lived in their mother's basements. Um, yes. sorry, Pete, I'm joking. I know. I know. Yeah. Pete, Pete wasn't <laughs> living in his mom's basement when he saw it. Um, but I, uh, again, I've never had a problem with that to me. And, uh, the thing I, that I came up with whenever people started having issues with it, sure. they're like, well, I thought the force was, you know, mystical. And now all of a sudden it was magic. And now all of a sudden got these cells in it. It's how much cells you have. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like the, the, everyone has the midichlorians. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's. Almost like that, like you're saying, the transfer of energy. It's like that's what the, they are channeled through. That's like it's like yeah, it's, it's not the, it's the pathway. It's not the force itself. It's just mm-hmm. that's the biological reason why you uh, feel it and stuff like well, that. Well, if, you know? if Anakin has more midichlorians, it's mm. not to say he is stronger in the force because he's not. Obviously, Yoda might be one of the strongest ones, but he might have the ability to channel it better than most other Jedi do. Well, his reception, case. his reception could be better if he works on it, right? And so yes, basically, he kind of. I don't even like that saying that. No, no, but, but um, it's it's weird because if you think about Palpatine too, they never got Palpatine's blood sample. Palpatine could be the one that's literally the most. Has the most midichlorian count. You the know, most it, Jedi it, to ever Jedi. Yes, no, in a weird no. way. No. Certainly the most Sith to ever Sith. He yeah, is the he, a, that is undeniable. You gotta make sure not to get your uh, your uh, letters mixed up in that. The the most Sith to ever Sith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the Sith cells, sh- seashells by the Sith cells. By the shush. Sh- <laughs> sh- sh- um, uh, I don't know, like because that's that's again. Like I said earlier, my philosophy in the force, it's always been funny to me how like I know like we want to separate spiritual physical. Right. Of course. Um, That's like our natural inclination because it it seems beyond us. But at the same time, you look at the nature product of of the scientific revolution and the enlightenment. (laughs) Well, right, right, right. But, you know, to to me, I, I look just more big picture at they're both a part of life, right? Yep. If the spirit, if you believe the spiritual exists, right. And then you have all these physical things and there can be physical manifestations of spiritual things. Uh, who's just like, it's all part of the tapestry to me. And so it's never been something that has, um, made me go feel like it's not mystical. In fact, it makes the mystery even more like, Whoa, you know, like it does. If they discovered, like, well, your your pituitary gland is actually where the soul is, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know, it, it, in science and stuff. Like, I wouldn't be like, well, that takes the mysticism out of it. I'd be like, whoa, why? It al- it How almost it adds the layer. You're it's right. Not it in almost the adds- it's it's like, <laughs> Again, it's just process. It's how it works. You know, it's yeah. like. This is why, and it's it's like okay, yeah, it still doesn't disprove or, or anything like that to me, you know. No, um, it doesn't ruin the magic, so to speak, and so it almost adds to it. It almost makes you yeah. question more on a deeper level. Why? Why did George decide to put midichlorians, you know, and 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 wh- why, why do these two worlds that we want to separate 
refuse to be separated. You know, damn right, Jerry. That's a good point. That's really true. Oh, I like that. Troy, you're going to keep blowing my mind, brother. What you got? Um, so I think, uh, I think this idea of like, you know, separating the, the spiritual and the physical is certainly, um, well, I guess it's, it's because, you know, ever since like, you know, the enlightenment and and the advent of, you know, the scientific method and all these things where you put every, we've learned so much about the world because you put the physical in a box. Um, and, and that is great and it's fantastic. And we know so much about, you know, more about, uh, our lives and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's meant that civilization has flourished. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but you also have to be able to step away from that box and recognize that, uh, there, there is, um, without question, some sort of, uh, dimension to our existence that is, uh, other than our normal data. And you can even look at uh, a philosopher like Sam Harris, who's an atheist, but still talks about, uh, meditation and mindfulness and sort of like there, there, there's a, I hesitate to say spirituality, but he talks about that's, you know, these sort of enlightenment things. Now he talks about them from the point of view of like what's happening with our brain chemistry and things like that. And, you know, maybe you can reduce it all down to that. Maybe you can't like, that's, you know, I go back to like the, you know, when I talked about the academic side of philosophy is like trying to like reasonably argue whether you should believe that, you know, you can reduce everything down to atoms and quarks and stuff or not, you know, and, and that's, you know, it's obviously not what we're here to do uh, today. Um, but like, I, I don't think it, I think it's, um, and so like I say, even people who don't, uh, believe in, you know, a personal creator, um, which, you know, the force isn't personal in the way that the Abrahamic religions, um, are, I think that's undeniable. And I think Star Wars does a very good job of, um, you know, encountering both in that, in, you know, in yes. that cycle of the cosmic force and the living force, you know, George, like I said, George, I said this earlier, George did a very good job of figuring out what was universal, um, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, you can find and people talk about, you know, you talk about how the golden rule or some iteration of it is found in every major lasting world religions, um, whether it be ethical monotheism. Uh, monotheism, whether it be, you know, polytheism or whether it be, uh, you religions like Taoism or Buddhism, which sometimes blur the line between what is religion and what is just like a life philosophy and things like that. You can find, you can find those sort of, um, ethical principles in all of those things because religion is ultimately about what we value. And like I said, at the very beginning, Star Wars is about what we value. It's about family Mm -hmm. and it's about, and it's about what doing what's right. And it's about, uh, protecting those you love and preserving what you think is important. Um, and about finding your place in this world, you know, am I, am I supposed to just be this kid on Tatooine that stares at the suns, you know, or or is there something greater for me? Um, and I think, uh, I said, Star Wars about many Chlorians, if nothing else gives a biological reason why the force runs in families. That's true. Luke, that is Luke a good has point. Lucas, Luke and Leia are, and then Kylo are stronger with the force because their <clears> father <throat> had midichlorians and so on and so forth. But then you argue, yeah. well, so is Luke half as strong? And I don't think that that's exactly how it works because, you know, no. um, but it's the idea that like you can trace these things through literature. And I made the, you know, I made the mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell joke, you know, because that's like the one thing that everybody knows. But like, you know, if you, if you remember your seventh grade science or whatever grade you learned, you know, don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> biology. I um, 
Eric and I had the greatest seventh grade science, who is now a colleague of mine, funnily enough, had the greatest uh, middle school science teacher ever. Um, and this is why I still remember this. But like the idea, the mitochondria, most scientists believe that mitochondria used to be like a separate cell than like That's what true. our normal eukaryotes are. And they eventually melded together. And now yeah. the mitochondria, you know, is, is the powerhouse. It helps synthesize uh, various chemicals and things of that nature. There's probably some. It makes the ATP. It makes the, yeah. makes the yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's someone out there that's like that's such a gross oversimplification, but that's you know I'm a I I am I majored in literature and philosophy, not science, so I'm I'm surprised I know this much. It's okay. This I'm, is a Star Wars podcast. I don't think any all, people are listening. By by all accounts, I should just be sitting under a tree, unemployed, reading Shakespeare. Um, that's that's what I should be doing, according that's to true. what according to what I what I uh, spent my. Uh, spent all my money studying but anyway i digress because <laughs> because like i said i'm too adhd for audiobooks i'm too adhd for podcasts so just <laughs> no you were making a good point though because there's there's a lot of things that can be said about the force being you know this this way of finding its way in family right and yeah. like i i know it's it's also important to establish yeah. that the force <clears throat> is interesting because when you watch TLJ, we noticed something very strange, you know, Broom Boy at the very end. That was one of the coolest aha moments is when little dude was walking up and he just reached his hand and he grabbed that broom. And he kept, we're all like, what? The <laughs> one, the one that, and everyone was like automatically like, oh, he's going to be in the next movie. The, yeah, like, the, the yeah. next movie's going to no, be like, no, and he's, he's going to help him discover. It's about because, visual storytelling. Because yeah. you want, yeah, you, you want your main protagonist to have a name like Tamiri Blag. <laughs> just for real, his name. Is that his name? That's yeah, Tamiri Black. Gary the Cannon Junkie. Pa- done Pablo. It again. That one was all Pablo. Um, uh, yeah, so it's just funny. Broom Boy is a better name for a protagonist yeah. than than like that's what he like wears. He like wears like a mask made of broom bristles or something. <laughs> like swings from yeah. Anyway, I love that. But it, it it's funny because TLJ laid so much on you, especially in that regard. And then they're like. <laughs> there's this too because you're thinking to yourself man like it's it's heavy because because of the themes and and it shows hopefulness and i don't know the the force is now in a weird way to kind of close out this whole discussion i know we jack was very loud i like the oh, force you him <laughs> yeah it was very did he Come hit on, his bud. head He's what very. Yeah, he bumped the desk he bumped the oh, desk okay. so he's i think he wants to be fed so uh ah. Hey, go everybody! It's feeding time. It's feeding time. He's like, "Hey, you gonna be done soon? Come on!" <laughs> so, sorry, buddy. To close out this discussion. Essentially, um, we know the Forge now has taken on a lot of different meanings, and it's changing. And I wanted to leave everyone with this idea because we've got all these new movies in the works. Apparently, we've got the Kenobi show. We've got Mando season two. We've got apparently a sequel to Rebels in the works. We've got. A bunch of things that we're not aware of. We got Taika's new movie. We've got a ton of stuff. And I wanted to ask you to kind of close this whole thing out. Um, what is the future of the Force? Because the Mando did something very different than we we did not expect. And I I I, I wouldn't mind kind of starting it because that show was the one where I was like, they're not going to include the Force. There's no way. This is kind of stupid. And then they did. And they did it in the best way possible because mm-hmm. they did it from a mystical aspect again. They took it. They took it from a very mystery, you know, like 
the the idea that the Jedi were sorcerers was so cool because I never thought about it that way. I'm like, I guess they are like wizards, like really, mm-hmm. like truly space, space wizards, wizards, man. Space wizards yeah. versus space Nazis. There we go. Exactly. And space warlocks, right? Yeah, no, the, space Nazis, yeah. The child <laughs> is one of the few characters that completely changed my opinion of the force without any form of training to our knowledge. That little dude used his feelings because he knew something was going to happen and he saved the Mandalorian from the Mudhorn. Okay. He then did it again when he tried to heal, when he healed Grief Karga, but he also did something very interesting too that most people don't mention is when Cara Dune was arm wrestling with, with the Mandalorian in that one scene. Yeah. The, the child didn't think anything but that's a threat to the person I love. And he started to choke her out. And I was like, that's great. Like he, he knows yes. he does not whoa, whoa, know what? the dark side. He does not know the dark side. He does not know the light. This is the future of the force is the fact that it, this child is neither aware of, of either side. He just knows what's, what's happening and what's, what's maybe not a good thing. Like when the flame trooper walks in and he just blows the fire, the child probably didn't think, well, I'm going to move this fire away. He just thought I'm going to protect these people because these people mm-hmm. need to be saved. And I don't know. I, the child is this, this weird enigma of, of things that I never thought I needed in Star Wars, but it's almost making me rethink everything I know about the force. So, boys, what, what do you think about that? What is what what recently has changed your perspective on all this? I don't know. Truly wonderful, the mind of a child is. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're arm wrestling their dad, and then I yeah, think, uh, they I will think try the child. I think the child is a very interesting concept, and it's a very similar concept to Ray when everyone was raging, like, why is she so powerful with no yeah. training? It's like, but they say was... nothing about a baby. <laughs> yeah, but how how long was – yeah, they don't. But how long was Luke, like, in the – and, like, yeah, you can make the argument that, like, the entire year or however long officially is in between A New Hope and uh, Empire that Obi-Wan yeah. was forced ghost training him, and, and that's how he learned yeah. the telekinesis in between movies and all that. So, like, Yoda was just putting the finishing touch but like I don't know I think and I think this goes back to the midi-chlorians thing which I want to round that thought out as I talk about sure. the future of the force you know the reason people were upset with midi-chlorians I think is because it takes away from that aspect of the mysticism and it takes away from that ac- that aspect that like I could be Luke Skywalker right that's true um, but I don't think it because like already it's like Luke it's not Wedge. It's not any of his other random, you know, kids sitting on Tatooine. It, it was Luke. But it's still the mm-hmm. idea that maybe you did have the midi chlor, all these midi chlorians, and this mm-hmm. idea that you know they're like that mitochondria or whatever. That like something about the evolution of life itself. You know, Yoda goes when Yoda goes going back to that uh, three episode arc at the end of season six of Clone Wars. When he meets the priestesses, he says that it's one of the orig- origins of life in the universe. Yeah. So like the midi chlorians would have been, mm-hmm. you know. Know, started this symbiotic rela- maybe the midichlorians were the first organisms ever and that's why they have it's this true iterate this connection to the force and then they melded with all other life so you know i don't think that it really detracts from the mysticism mm-hmm. as so much as it talk as it gives an an aspect of biology to the mysticism but it's still you still totally can be luke when you when you know when you're mm-hmm. a kid or even as an adult and you're staring off in the sunset and you're like what is my purpose and you just yeah and you but you you know you reflect and you meditate or pray or whatever you want to call it whatever your religious tradition uh that you subscribe so whatever it is um and you 
you find that in yourself that there is something, whatever it is, you, you do have value and purpose in this world and you can go out and you can help with that. And there are plenty of things in this world, Lord knows, that you can go out and help with. I don't think that many chlorines detracts from all of that, any of that because you have mm-hmm. genes, you have genetics, you are, you are totally the byproduct of so many biological and psychological factors that you don't know. But you could still choose right now to go be a Jedi in the real world. And, yeah. and many chlorines does not destroy that. And no. so I think the and, mm-hmm. and I think that is sort of I don't part of me doesn't want like force lore to happen anymore unless it's George Lucas writing it because mm-hmm. because yeah, it's his it's his thing man it's his or child. Dave but or, or Dave if Dave does it mm-hmm. I'm fine because he yeah is, he is Dave is so if it's if it's if it's not Dave or and I don't know if uh, the world between worlds was a George thing that. De- George told Dave about, or if it was all a Dave thing, but it works, man. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm very cautious about force lore, but then the idea mm-hmm. of like the child where like whatever it is about this species that is, is so in tune with the force mm-hmm. and is so in tune with nature that without this understanding of what people are and what values are and what morality is, mm-hmm. um, that it still just does these things. Um, I think that that's a really cool concept. Um, and so I'm looking, I'm, and like I said, like the force is what makes Star Wars. You can't have a sh- you could in theory have a show. You could have had the Mandalorian without a child and it's just him doing bounty hunter stuff and it like no force other than like maybe a random mention of like a Jedi being, you know, in the rebellion or whatever. Yeah. No force happening. Would it be the same? It would be missing something. I think fundamentally. It would In a be. weird way, it would be. And we didn't know we needed it, which is the best part. That's what Star Wars is good about. That's what John, John things... Favreau and Dave Filoni are giving you what you need. Yeah, yeah we didn't know we needed it. And it's a perspective now that challenges every thought that I've ever had. And, like, it's it's such an awesome thing because people people would almost want to deny it. And like, it's a cool thought too, because you've got baby Yoda who exerted himself and he passes out every time he does something stronger than what he can do. And that that's interesting because Luke did the same thing. And that was very much newly introduced that the force cannot make you exert yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. Ben, Ben solo did it. He literally gave the rest of his life to save Ray and he faded into the force. So it's, I don't know. I've I'm I'm so eager to see where it can take us. You know, Jay, where where do you want it to take you? What are you looking forward to in the future of the force? I, I think we're going. I I just wanted to. You know me. I like my force stuff. I like my dark side stuff. Really weird and stuff. Yes. Like it is weird uh, amalgamations of black magic and and weird um off like night sister really stuff. really yeah. really well that like really nice cool. sister stuff but also like the really like uh like joseph mengala uh style yeah. science and stuff like yeah. you're sewing the head of a cat onto uh-huh. a soldier to see if it like <laughs> will will not care about anything yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. you know like you do a weird stuff to like prolong life and all that like i i, I like that part of dark side and I love that what they've done in the Disney era, especially, I mean, just with Clone Wars too, like George was trying to as well. I think as people, when it comes to religion, religion is just basically, or, or faith and whatever philosophy you, you subscribe to again, mm-hmm. um, is being comfortable with the ununderstandable, right? True. 
Yes. And I love that they've been doing it. I think they've been making the force so much. People are all trying to like put the pieces together. Like we, like we try, we did just now, we're not necessarily trying to put the pieces together to make it all fit together so we can understand it, but it's just cool to really think about these concepts and what does that mean? And that's mm-hmm. more the point of it is, well, the is challenge. being comfortable with that. I don't think it's possible to mm-hmm. understand every aspect of the force. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's what the Sith want to do. Right. They want to like mm-hmm. control. Um, but I don't know. I, I think we're going to get some interesting stuff in, uh, in the high Republic. Yeah. You're uh, right. Era of stuff. Um, I think we're going to get some really interesting stuff. <sighs> I can't, I can't tell you because I just, it, it, because of what we've gotten so far, Luke, Projecting himself to crate and fooling all of us, um, the exertion, um, the world between worlds. Is it time travel? Is it not? I subscribe yeah. to it's not technically time travel. Um, but it's again, it's the whole thing of like Ahsoka wasn't they didn't try time travel to save her. She was always that's always how she got out. Right. Yeah. It's just weird theories and stuff like that. Um, but I just want more of that. I want, mm-hmm. I love, I love that. And again, that's the stuff that people are like, we don't want, we want to understand it. I just hope that they don't try to, I don't know. I, maybe you could say like the midichlorians was trying to explain it, but again, I just feel like we keep opening, you keep opening the boxes. Sure. And letting yeah. the stuff out and stuff. Right. And it's not, it's not in a box. It's like, it, look at the, you know, the universe we're in, we're discovering new stuff. All the time. Oh, yeah. Every day. Everything, you know, and it's like we can't comprehend that Mm -mm. something without end. Right. Mm -hmm. Or nothingness or whatever. Like we can't like, you know, even the concept of a God or gods or whatever who have never had a beginning and will never have an ending. They've just always been. What Mm -hmm. even is that? Yeah. Like you want a short circuit? Uh Like spend 15 minutes really really thinking really about thinking about a yep. being who never began and never will end whether yeah. you believe in it or not the concept is just like Profound. what that's that's yeah. i i feel like i don't know i just want them to continue in the force again not like hey uh, make it super christian make it like <laughs> like really make it really buddhist really do this like keep it <laughs> ambiguous and stuff like that but just like I don't know. Keep going on the challenge. The thought of challenge it. What is it? Yeah. What does it mean? Why is it doing this? And uh-huh. come up with new crazy like aspects of it of, of, Oh, what, what that's yeah. something it can do, but please never make it about, uh, pulling down a star destroyer for, with your bare yeah, hands. Like, I get that. Like a basketball and stuff. I mean, maybe I, it depends on how it's done. Right. I'm not ever going to say never and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was cool and Force Unleashed, but you know mm-hmm. I'm shell shocked again from the TLJ <laughs> the TLJ Wars. Well, so. boyos, Jerry, I loved I loved every point you made because because you've got a you've got a very I don't know a, a great grasp on things like that. I I, 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 I really a very twisted uh, sense of the world. So it's it's important to to make sure everyone's voice gets heard and and, and if you're a listener and you want to take a second and message us what you think because it is one of those episodes that I feel like hopefully someone will listen to and take a lot away with because there's a lot of things about you know the force that that there's still very a lot of exploration to and and 
I don't know. I, I hope everyone had a chance to enjoy this. And fellas, any closing remarks, Troy? Do you have anything you want to say? You're the you're the you're the creator of this, and you've you've damned all of us now because now I'm gonna like <laughs> lay in bed, just be like this, like just this completely, you know, in deep thought. So, so Troy, thank you, thank you for doing this. <laughs> no, I just like you know, I'm listening to Jerry. Like, can you come? can you comprehend the, you know, the profoundness of something that has no beginning or no end? And I'm like, well, the Latin for that is ex nihilo. And I'm just, I had to study all of this. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing, but it's a beautiful thing because yeah. it makes you, it makes you ponder your, your own actions. It makes you more mindful of your own actions. It makes you mindful of others actions. Um, yeah. and the role you play in this, in this, uh, life that you have found yourself in, mm -hmm. um, and that, and that is the thing. Like, so, like I, I said it for like the fifth time. A Star Wars is about what we value, and yep. Star Wars, like religion, ought be transformative. It ought make you a better person. That's what George Lucas mm -hmm. wanted. That's what what if 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 there is a God, uh, I think there is, but you know that's beside the point. You know if whatever religion you subscribe to, it should make you transformative. Star Wars should be transformative. It should make you a better person. And it, one of the ways it makes us a better person is it makes us, you know, think about the fundamental issues of our lives. And I think that that's important. And I think that you should go out there and be the best Jedi that you can be. There we go, Troy. Amen. In the podcast. Amen. 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 Have you, and all my closing remarks are, is, uh, have you heard the good news about our Lord and Savior, Goldenrod? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a permanent resident. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, I, I had to share my faith as an Ewok. So yeah, that I forget uh, you. You really uh, believe in it. Uh, <laughs> I wore my Jow Yows. This has nothing. Well, Jow Yows of the Yosems are supposed to be from Indoor back in the day. Uh -huh. They were. Um, I wore my Jow Yow as a mask uh, to the store yesterday. <laughs> nice. And uh, nice. I, I, only because I found my child is not frightened of it. And so, <laughs> you know, Sick. I just go around her and she loves it. So That's amazing. Yeah. Well, fellas, this was a deep and profound discussion. I'm elated to share this with everyone. And, um, yeah, so if you're listening right now, make sure you subscribe to the Beyond the Blast Doors channel. Stay updated with everything going on in this crazy Star Wars world. And make sure you also subscribe to our, our podcast if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Subscribe. and Wherever and, fine um, podcasts are peddled. Yes, and make sure you uh, you like and share this with your friends if they have a different varying opinion. Let them get in touch with us. I would love to hear their opinions on this because it's something that's very um, – I, I actually messaged, I think, both y'all about this. That it's very subjective, but it's also very objective in terms of what Star Wars means. So it's <laughs> one of the few – it's one of the few discussions that are like super, I, I guess, established but also very up for interpretation. And um, yeah, make sure you rate us five stars on iTunes and make sure you review us as well. We love them reviews. We're going to do an episode where we read those soon. But um, if you also really, if you really liked it, if you really liked it, make sure you friend Troy on Facebook and also make sure. <laughs> I, don't, I you... don't know that I advocate that. <laughs> I guess, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, you know, in the spirit of, Maybe in the spirit of friendship and Jediism, you know. Just, just don't go. Just don't go there to tell him he mispronounced all those words from Dallas. Yes, don't. We I mean, do but that. no, no. I want to learn how to if pronounce you can them. Tell either. me how to pronounce them. If internet, if you now don't, if don't, nice. don't, yeah. don't pretend you are something you're not. But if you can tell me how to pronounce, I've read all this stuff. 
I haven't, I haven't heard it. I, right. yeah. And I can't do the audiobook, Scotty. I just can't. <laughs> Those audiobook guys all the time, they don't even read it the right way. No, so it's, we it's don't. Fine. They don't, they don't um, say it the right way. Okay. Well, if if you also enjoyed this, make sure you join us on Patreon, and you'll get all kind of exclusive goodies from this, which could be a gift, maybe. And um, yeah, no, make sure you follow us hey, on a Beyond the a GIF. 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 The oh, guy who invented it says that it's GIF, GIF. and it's all also right. not a giraffe. So there you go. Whoa, I didn't know that wasn't even in the debate. Well, I'm this- I'm Jerry, not Gary. <laughs> That's GE. That's different. It's with the G. Yeah, I know. It's, it's everyone forgot that from first grade. I'm the only one who remembered because it's in my name. Screw you. Well, yeah. this is great, anyway. and uh, I, I am. I, I love this discussion. And Troy, you're always welcome to come back on. So everyone, absolutely, uh, oh, uh, absolutely. I'd love to come back. Maybe next time we can do, uh, you know, some mythology stuff and all that. Ah, kind of stuff. hey, uh, we're talking about farts if you want to. It's whatever you want to talk about. Honestly. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a seventh and eighth grade teacher. I know all about farts. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but guys and gals, Jerry, do you want to do the wonderful pleasure this time to sign all of us out for this episode of the Bomb Badcast? Absolutely. First of all, Troy, again, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, it thank you, T. Seriously, was a good time. I, I enjoyed. I was very. I was taking in a lot of knowledge and stuff, which is why I was silent and stuff. It's like you know. Uh, <laughs> A, a, a wise man once said, you know, um, you, just be slow to speak and, and quick to listen. Right. Right. I there think the go. wise man said that, you know, it's in the Bible. But uh, his life has he looked away to yes. the horizon, never his mind on where he was. Absolutely. Was so you were you were very you were you followed Yoda's teachings today. I'm proud. Of you. I did very much. Very much. Very you mindful. Gotta slow down and listen, guys. But most of all, you need to stay bombed. All bomb bands. <laughs>